Welcome to the WTF Forum. The hosts do not give financial, legal, medical or any kind of advice. Opinions are their own. This broadcast contains foul language and dangerous ideas. If you need a trigger warning you are in the wrong place. Now enjoy the show. Dear partners and friends of What the fuck? Form, a very cordial welcome. The WTF Forum is a decentralized broadcast network with no governing body of any kind and is produced and distributed by a loosely affiliated, ever-growing network of rogue, independent content creators. This forum does not, will not, and shall not have any one location, feed, platform, or channel, but shall be shared and multiplied as nature dictates. If any listener of the following proceedings finds themselves offended, they will be asked kindly to go fuck themselves. Perhaps one of the most interesting words in the English language today is the word fuck. Out of all of the English words that begin with the letter F, fuck is the only word that is referred to as the F word. It's the one magical word. Just by its sound can describe pain, pleasure, hate, and love. Fuck, as most words in the English language, is derived from German, the word frichen, which means to strike. In English, fuck falls into many grammatical categories. As a transitive verb, for instance, John fucked Shirley. As an intransitive verb, Shirley fucks. Its meaning is not always sexual. It can be used as an adjective, such as John's doing all the fucking work. As part of an adverb, Shirley talks too fucking much. As an adverb enhancing an adjective, Shirley is fucking beautiful. As a noun, I don't give a fuck. As part of a word, abso-fucking-lutely or in-fucking-credible. And, as almost every word in a sentence, fuck the fucking fuckers. As you must realize, there aren't too many words with the versatility of fuck. As in these examples, describing situations such as fraud, I got fucked at the used car lot. Dismay, oh, fuck it. Trouble. I guess I'm really fucked now. Aggression. Don't fuck with me, buddy. I don't understand this fucking question. Inquiry. Who the fuck was that? Dissatisfaction. I don't like what the fuck is going on here. Incompetence. He's a fuck off. Dismissal. Why don't you go outside and play hide and go fuck yourself? I'm sure you can think of many more examples. With all of these multi-purpose applications, how can anyone be offended when you use the word? We say use this unique, flexible word more often in your daily speech. It will identify the quality of your character immediately. Say it loudly and proudly. Fuck you. What the fuck's up, everybody? How we doing? Welcome to the WTF Forum. I thought that was a fun fucking place to start. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's it's only a matter of time, I figure, uh, that 
the WTF forum really addresses the word fuck as well as just cursing <laughs> cursing in general this is where i want to start tonight but before we get there i am mike the polymath easy peasy podcast and i will pass it around the circle to my good friend rob hey this is rob here at the black lives podcast and uh yeah you can find me at uh Spotify, B-L-A-Q-L-A-B-S, and uh, yeah, I don't know. That's about it. Next person. <laughs> yes, Stella Q here uh, with my pod mate. Ashley, always glad to see you. <laughs> yeah, Union of the Unknowns and passing it on to Jin. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, Jin the Ninja on Twitter, Wukong Reborn. Uh, my podcast drops December 7th. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Threshold Saints, one word. So I'll pass it on to Ashley. Hey, everybody. What the fuck is up? (laughs) (laughs) I love the clip. And yeah, I'm here with my pod mate, my very good friend, Stella Q. Happy to be here with all you people and looking forward to the show and whatever weirdness we get into. (laughs) What's up, Ando. Ando from Burn Babylon Burn and the Doom Kitchen and lots of what the fuck forums. And I am so stoked to find out why everybody said frickin' in place of fuck and all the edits that they did uh, for like regular cable back in growing up. You know, you'd see the movie and they would say <laughs> frickin' instead mm-hmm. because it's the German origin word. And that makes me fucking stoked. So <laughs> I'm really frickin' happy to know that. There we go. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, like I said, I'm very interested in diving into this idea of cursing. Okay. And beyond that, just the simple um, power of language, right? The, The seemingly almost magical quality of certain words to evoke certain reactions. Any thoughts on that before I play on? Yeah, I can't wait to hear what y'all say about that. And uh, I can't wait to hear Jen's take on that. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, okay. So I'll just say that words have a lot of power. We have a lot of power. We're co-created with reality. Sometimes things that we say come true. Things Sometimes things that we think come true. That's all real in my opinion. And I think that we do have to be careful with our words in the sense that, like, when you are angry with someone or when you curse someone, not necessarily like in a, you know, you're not saying necessarily, you're saying go fuck yourself. That's basically a curse, right? So that that's not bad. It's just what is bad is when sometimes you say things, I think that that can be very powerful and, you know... I, I mean, actually, you know this. I, rhetoric has power. Words have power. Cell also knows this. Ando also knows this. I'm sure Mike also knows this. Um, and Rabba, hey, Rob, I've never podcasted with you, but I've listened to you on Union of Unknown, so it's it's good to meet you. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. We we just we have a lot of power. Words are very powerful. Words are magic. That's basically my take. But I'll I'll offer more as it goes. Mm. There will be plenty more, plenty more. The word yeah. cursed uh, appears 92 times in the Bible. 
according to this mm. app that I'm using. So it, it could be more or less, but this app says 92. And I'm going to dig up my favorite one. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and let Stella say what she was going to say. Sorry for cutting you off. No, that's all right. Uh, I was pretty much just going to align with Jin there. Yes, there is definitely power in words, whether you intend them to be there or not, uh, because it depends on translation. It's what can be put out with zero or neutral intention can be taken one way or another and questioned, particularly when there's not a person involved and in this fucking text now. Um, I mean, I've been in trouble for that for many, many times, purely for trying not to mince or waste words because that's sort of my manner in a way. Um, but unless I have to, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a mystery, um, Possibly your intention that you don't even mean if to be there is still carried through. It's all vibration, frequency, and energy, isn't it? So, yeah, absolutely, yes. fucking lutely, yeah. And you said the magic word, Stella, intention. Yep. Actually, I think there might be two magic words: intention and attention. And I think there's a third: perception. Yes, 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 yes. Interesting that you brought that up, Mike. Because uh, Rob, were, Rob, yeah, your yeah. your echo is way back, bro. What? Give me we, a second. We had you all squared away. Your echo is so bad. Who's dog? And is somebody's that? dog. I'm is sorry. Funny. That's my. That's that's mine. <laughs> I was like, is that what's going on? How's it now? Still echoing, bro. Son he's a closet. He's a closet furry. That's something that. I'm sorry. Did I just dox you, Jim? <laughs> You know, she hears the raccoons and it just, oh, it's nonstop. <laughs> well, I'm just glad I got my headphones in because otherwise my dog would be barking with your dog and then it would just be awful. Um, <laughs> you know, be a dog bark, dog world. We'd be yeah. doing an audio loop. So um, I'm wondering, did anybody pick up on the voice from that previous video? Who that was? I, I, I saw the, the screen. It's Carlin. Um, yeah. The, you might want to remember this at Childerberg this year or next year now. Um, mm -hmm. This is uh, this is from Proverbs, and it's he that blesseth his friend with a loud voice rising early in the morning, it shall be counted as a curse to him. <laughs> Hilarious. So how, how's my audio right now? Better. Much better. Okay, good. All right. I think I figured it out. Hey, so interesting that you brought up the intent of the words, etc., so there is a translation, it's a Korean saying that's been translated from like old Chinese, okay? And it goes, spelling is to spell as welling is to well. Your words can make somebody or can put somebody into heaven or can send them straight to hell. We're gonna, we're gonna experience a whole lot of wordplay in the next handful of minutes. This is this is kind of where I wanted to start. You know, you guys, as usual, kind of, you're on the ball. You're right on the ball. But I wanted to start with Carlin because he famously did the bit, the seven words you can't say on TV. Right? You guys familiar? Yes. I don't think I've seen this. Have you not? Okay. No, so, so the funny like thing 80. about the funny thing about this, it it went to the Supreme Court. 
Now, Carlin was not actually involved in the case. It was a case of the FCC, that's the Federal Communications Commission, against a radio station that played this bit on their on their station, and they were taken to court basically for, um, I think you would call it like obscenity or profanity or something of that of that night nature um and carlin was arrested you know at one point for doing this bit live you know got arrested by the local local cops um so it's kind of a this was a fundamental moment where curse words were kind of thrust into the spotlight in a legal kind of way so i think it's worth checking out i'm just gonna play a couple minutes of this and then we'll talk um yeah you know what I mean? It's just like we've decided there'd be some words we won't say all the time. And I was just trying to find out which words they were. For sure. All of them. I wanted a list. Because nobody gives you a list. That's the problem. They don't give you a list. Wouldn't you think it'd be normal if they didn't want you to say something to tell you what it is? Nobody even tells you when you're a kid what the words are that you're supposed to avoid. You have to say them to find out which ones they are. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> That's two. Oh, Ma, that's enough trial and error, huh? Please, Ma, give me a list, huh? All right, you're six years old now, and here's the list of words your dad and I don't ever want to hear you say. Oh, hey, thanks, Ma. Boy, that's going to save me an ass kicking or two. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you never know what's going to be on the list. Because it's always somebody else's list. You didn't make that up. Somebody told you that shit. They told you better, better not say that. So you got to... And you don't know what's going to be on their list. God, people's lists even change from day to day. Some people on Friday night got a list, you know, not about two or three words. Sunday morning, goddamn, there's 27 words. <laughs> These are the same people two days later. Different list. So you got to kind of watch out what you're going to believe from them. The trouble is, I was trying to find out what these words might be. And I wanted to know the ones that you could never say on television. I mean, the filthy words that are always filthy. There are a lot of these little two-way, double-entendre words that have two meanings, words that are okay part of the time. I call them like part-time filth. Some of these words, they're only 50% dirty. You have words like ass. Ass is hardly even a dirty word anymore, but it has a few meanings that you can't say on television. That's what I was talking about. What can you say on television? That's another one of those places where we can't use these words all the time. But some of them are all right some of the time. Ass is all right on television. You can say on television things like, well, you've made a perfect ass of yourself tonight. But you can't say, hey, let's go get some ass. <laughs> Bitch. Bitch is another word like that. Same kind of word. It's the only dirty part of the time. Depends on what you mean by bitch. You might be the lady from the San Diego Zoo visiting one of the Tonight Shows, and you might just have a bunch of little canines with you there. One of them is a female. You say, there's the bitch, Johnny, and it's okay, fine. Just don't refer to the singer the same way. That's <laughs> Is that bitch going to do another number? Yes. <laughs> Animals are fine on those two-way words. And that's it. That's what I was trying to find. The words that were always dirty, not just part of the time but completely filled. Well, 
in, in looking for these words, I kept finding new categories. We have so many ways of describing these dirty words. It's, well, we have more ways to describe dirty words than we actually have dirty words. That seems a little strange to me. It seems to indicate that somebody was awfully interested in these words. They kept referring to them. They called them bad words, dirty, filthy, foul, vile, vulgar, coarse, impure taste, unseemly, street talk, gutter talk, locker room language, barracks talk, bawdy, naughty, saucy, raunchy, Rude, crude, lewd, lascivious, indecent, profane, obscene, blue, off-color, <laughs> risque, suggestive, <laughs> cursing, cussing, swearing, and all I could think of was shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. All right, those are the seven words. Shit, piss, what was it? Cocksucker, motherfucker tits and i'm missing to say missing one (laughs) missing one cunt was it cunt yeah yeah (laughs) i like how (laughs) australians love that word um it's it's great yeah it's it's it's, you just insert that um with mate sometimes it just depends if you really know and love a guy then it goes beyond mate (laughs) how are you yeah 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 up you fucking cunt what's what's really funny is whenever you say something along the lines of ah the cheek of the bloody cunt that sounded irish i try so but it's it's truly it is a worthwhile observation to say like out of hundreds of thousands of words there's only a handful that are truly filthy in the eyes of the public And, you know, I was having this conversation with a guy that I know he's a lawyer and we were talking about how he, he kept saying how imperfect the English language is because it's kind of easy to manipulate. And I kind of posed the question, does that make it imperfect or does that make it quite powerful in certain ways? Right. I mean, as a lawyer, he bends language to achieve his desired result right so we we got into this like kind of spiraling semantic discussion where we were agreeing and yet disagreeing about the subjectivity of language and the power of language and it kind of just turned into this shit show of a conversation eventually because it's like we're arguing about nonsense eventually Right. I don't know. Language is such a funny tool. I totally, totally agree. Look, I've had this thought many times, Mike. I'm very aligned with where you're coming from here because it, it, it continues to astound me, the power of words, which means, you know, the word really is just sort of the trigger, the bullet. It's the intention, which is the killer behind pulling the trigger. Um, so words in themselves is a form of vibration, I suppose, manifested. Um, making a snowball and throwing it at someone, I guess, if it's, or, or, you know, healing somebody's burn with it depends, but, um, yeah, it's, it's astounding how powerful they truly are. So, uh, well, it Stella, definitely goes beyond, uh, yeah. 
you hit on the uh, epitome of what the revolutionary Marxists do every day. They take normal language and exactly. make it offensive, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. their whole goal to basically push the constant revolution ideal is to basically make simple interactions between people uh, somehow uh, like a nuclear war, right? Yep, it's quiet weapons for silent wars, and it's that's why propaganda is so. Um, I mean, that's not quiet, but it is sort of like it's not a boom, you know, crash. It's not your roof isn't falling in; just your brain is caving in, and complying and being formed and molded. And they know the power of propaganda. They're probably kicking themselves for wasting so much money and uh, <laughs> artillery in the past, going, "Oh, geez, we could have been doing this the whole time," you know. Well, but yeah. um, you know, they've got to show their force as well to be able to maintain. But, uh, yeah, very interesting topic. And before we move on, uh, Mike, uh, you might be getting ready to say what Drizzle uh, posted here. Mm -hmm. If you want to do that, because that's what I want to talk about. So if you want to say what he, yeah, what he posted yeah. here. Uh, so we got a comment from our good friend Drizzle. He says, English was created for the specific purpose of increasing ambiguity. Okay. And that's kind of the point of uh, this next clip. But if you have any thoughts, Ashley, go right ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that I, I wish he was here to expound on that a little bit more. But I did hear that, for example, Latin was quite a specific language. And it meant what it said. It said what it meant. It was nice and easy. And that would have been honestly preferable. But then the goal of the predator class was to move us off of that into this very ambiguous language, English, that we're talking about now. Mm -hmm. I always find it very amusing that, uh, according to the Old Testament, that God confused the languages at the Tower of Babel. <laughs> It's, it's exactly. just funny how those things work out. The power of word, the Tower of Babel. It just it turned into Babel from that point. So this guy I was talking with, um, he's Chinese American. His parents still primarily speak Chinese. And of course I, I kind of pressed him on that. He, you know, to be honest, we were both kind of feeling the, the beer, but we, we, you know, I was like, there isn't really a Chinese, right? Like it's either Mandarin or Cantonese or something of some nature. But like, and he's like, yeah, but it's all Chinese or whatever. I'm like, okay, so how much overlap? He's like, well, some, but not a lot. Similar structures, but totally different vocabulary. He's like, it's basically just different dialect. It's like, it's like if you go down to New Orleans and you can't understand somebody, I go, no, but like they're still speaking English generally. Maybe it's kind of the Creole French or whatever, but it's like, I don't know, like dialects of the same language are not the same as totally distinct languages. And I found it interesting. He kept saying Chinese and I'm like, dude, like what language do your parents speak? He says, well, Mandarin, te you know, technically. But the interesting thing about Mandarin or any other kind of like symbol based language is that there's often not quite the ambiguity like it's kind of clear what what each symbol means if i'm not mistaken and uh yeah english is kind of kind of hard to follow you know it's very open to the ear of the interpreter 
let me let me just go ahead and play this um i apologize this lady's kind of creepy but she makes a good point with her this is what she says is um you know the secret spells of the english language it's a poem we awake each morning and go off during the weekdays to earn the living at various jobs and undertakings until we come to the weekend and this seems perfectly acceptable to most people. However, more people die between six and nine on a Monday morning than any other time of the week. So I do what I call a translation of the English language and I spell that T-R-A-N-C-E with the idea that words cast spells. So when you translate that life sentence, you remember that awake is a funeral party for the dead. Morning is the state you're in when you attend awake. And you would have to be in a week days to earn the living since urns are for the ashes of the dead. We call our jobs undertakings. Job itself is a Hebrew word for persecuted. And what we get at the end of this perverse bargain with life is the weak end of the deal as we become progressively weakened ourselves. And so our most prevalent greeting to each other is hello, the reverse of which is, oh, hell. And at first, I suspected the hands of collusion entangling the language to foster illusion. And I think it's quite true that a culture's theology has a great deal to do with the word's etymology and how it evolves over time to combine incompatible meanings that may undermine the original thoughts it was meant to define. But now, I don't think it's planned, for the thing that I've found is that like concepts can gravitate toward the same sound and vibrate at the rate that our thoughts designate. Because words are electromagnetic vibrations whose fine alphabetic tintinabulations can take on the tint of our true expectations, which they then imprint on our metal of mind, causing sounds to adhere when they're of the same kind. Okay, you get the point, don't you? I mean, this is just still scratching the surface, but... Um... <laughs> She's a it's rapper. Funny, five, five of us yeah. in so much silence. Well, it's um, funny you it's funny you mention rappers because, like, honestly, to me, it's the same thing. It's wordplay. They do that a lot. It's yeah. wordplay. It's the same thing as Carlin. He was notorious for he would write his acts. It was in no way improvised. Some comedians are improvisational. He had a goddamn routine. And he would hammer it and perfect it over years of trial and error. And it was all about the cadence and the rhythm and the magic of the sentence. That is true. There is an art form to communicating well. Um, while we're on the subject of all this, I'd just like to give a little shout out to our... Um, members in youtube and we've we've <laughs> man that's a pool of some great minds right there so i'm really excited about 
the people that are coming into this realm with us and joining us because uh, mm. um, particularly, hello, you know, you reg you regulars, you're almost part of the furniture now, but we re really appreciate you. But Jared, um, I just came across Jared in the chat of uh, Jim Lee's Climate Viewer that was live at 10 this morning, well, an hour ago, sorry for me. And uh, yeah, we would, I just sort of really appreciated what he was saying. So I invited him to the forum and uh, here we go. He showed up. So thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that and hopefully we'll see you quite a bit around here. So thanks for that. Hey, Interesting Jared. viewpoints. So Jared's mentioning kind of the structure of the English language being the 26 letters. We're going to kind of get into some of that. Um, I'm, I'm kind of giving you some of these short little interesting ones, and then I have something a little deeper that we're going to have to chew on for a second. But this guy I found kind of, you know, he's just kind of spitballing by all accounts. But I found I found him appealing enough, and I, I believe he's a musician, a rapper, um, and he's just getting into this stuff for the first time, so I can relate to him. But he's talking about the word test. What they do is they put us, we undergo a series of tests when we go to school. Now the T as a symbol is this right here. That's what a T is as a symbol. The first T written, I guarantee you, did not look like this. I promise you that it looked like that, a cross, a symbol. Our language was based on symbols. Original languages, all based on symbols. Now the cross gives you the four directions, okay? The four directions, the energy, where they're gonna take it. The S symbolizes a path or a road, okay? Travel, okay? Movement. A S is a half of an eight. An eight represents infinity, okay? The S represents where you move into right now, all right? In symbolism, the S is a representation of your, of your movements, where you going. The E is the representation of your energy, what you think about, what you do with your time and, you know, and money and whatever, what you do for money, what you do with your money, what you do with your extra time. So what they do is they want to know where your energy, okay, what direction is your energy going to go? And they got you in between two of these. Every time they test you, they got you in between two of these crosses, in between the four paths, the four directions. And in the process of them figuring out what direction you want to go, they figure out what they want to do with you, how they're going to treat you. Do you get in to the secret society? Do you get the secret club membership? Or do you fucking get murked? That's what it is, yo. I'm telling you, y'all got to watch what's going on and really start slowing down on this language thing and start figuring out how we can get a little bit more simple with our communication. I don't know. 
you might have a point. Well, I will say this, that I, I definitely think that a lot of the people, <laughs> Stella and in the chat, are far more uh, educated on this than I am. But what I will say is that I think that we know that the game that is being perpetrated against us by the predator class has been a long game. And then if we understand that they have been fiddling with language and that they have been trying to put in place basically everything to invert what is good and healthy for humans, that I think it would be, it would make a lot of sense to think that that exact same thing has been done with our language, that we are as the chat is fire um, in YouTube, that we are casting spells. We are creating and manifesting a reality for ourselves that we don't even recognize, or at the very least that we are capable of that, of, uh, of doing a lot more with our language than we understand. And that the understanding of that subject has basically been dumbed out of us and like spiritually removed if that makes sense yeah i love that ashley and i also think that we have to take into consideration like technology and our phones and what we're doing right now could be considered a, a very powerful form of magic honestly and i'm not trying to say that to be yeah. like an edge lord at all but it really <laughs> is we're on black cubes we electricity is like considered to be like the dragon so it's like very it's very powerful and rhetoric is mm -hmm. very, very powerful. So yes, we are in constant kind of like spell casting mode, wizard mode all the time, especially mm -hmm. like I'm not like a veteran podcaster like you guys, but you know, I'm working on it. So I just, it, it is a form of magic. It is a form of narrative crafting. It is very powerful. Um, yeah. So I just I, I echo exactly what Ashley said. And I think Ashley, you're really good at understanding. I think that you don't give yourself enough credit at all. I really, everybody's really impressed with you. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, just well, say that. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. And, um, uh, sorry. <laughs> I had a completely. Uh -oh. Not only are we on cubes, we're also, we've also got mirrors everywhere, scrying mirrors. So. Well, yeah. And did anyone, uh, so in my deep dive, when I was uh, looking into the directed energy weapons and the use of uh, near field um, radio frequency to basically enhance or influence or control people's thoughts, it's interesting that the 2.4 gigahertz range of frequencies is everywhere right now. And as it turns out, I found documents that talk about the human brain having resonant points in or around about 2.4 gigahertz. And guess what? Your phone works at about 2.4 gigahertz, as does your Wi-Fi, as does everything. And we're literally saturated with it right now. So there may be a, basically, we may be getting hit twice. We're getting hit on an energetic level from the 2.4 gigahertz. And that's making us perhaps more easily influenced by their twisting of language. The mm. 2.4 gigahertz range tends to break down a person's inhibitions and also affects their logical thinking. So. Meanwhile, the fluoride is clogging up all the other bits. 
Um, yes, but exactly. yes, I, I remember reading very recently, not that long ago, um, that we're that. <laughs> okay. It was a Trump thing, I think. I don't. I don't think it was like a Q site because I don't seek that sort of stuff out. But um, it was under the guise of "Oh, Trump came as a hero." But basically, yes, what you're talking about there, uh, Rob, the gigahertz range um, that when Trump was in power, and this was all Chinese uh, installed infrastructure too. That that stuff. Was I not meant to say that? <laughs> I saw you wince. Um, so then, when Trump found out, apparently he organised for. Um, boxes to be installed that brought down that frequency into a megahertz range. I think it was 400 or something. Can't quite yes. remember. Uh, that was less, de well, <laughs> safe. I was going to say safe. Less detrimental to organisms like, oh, I don't know, humans <laughs> and babies and shit. Um, the other, that's what I was going to say before. We uh, Thank you for prompting me, Rob, too, because we are in the times now where I think that spoken word is almost like a, an after an after event. Like we are in the times, I think, where sensitive enough now, those who are tuned in, that do actually have great power to for thoughts to influence. Like I don't want to get too, you know, wahoo, whatever, because whatever, I can't back it up with any science. But mm. it's just through observations that I'm seeing over and over again, and I'm I'm sure I'm not alone in this. I'm nothing special. I've heard people talk about different things. I'm observing it with all sorts of different uh, fractals involved. Like some of it might be, you know, spraying. Some of it might be weather events. I don't know, but that's what I'm observing anyway. Anyone else? I think that was a great point, Stella. And I just want to go back to Rob's point about Chinese and, you know, the push to call the different regional languages dialects really comes from the 60s. And it really, it, they are not really dialects in the way that people think of dialects. They are really separate languages. You can look at the different, they are related just in the same way that Tibetan is related to Chinese. Tibetan is not a tonal language. And most dialects, not all dialects, but most dialects of Chinese are also um, tonal languages. So there's a huge variation in terms of writing. If you're writing in classical Chinese, which sounds more like Cantonese when it's spoken, um, it, it you have a lot of homophones. That's a very like Chinese thing. Like they love wordplay. They love word games. Um, you know, I'm sure Rob knows all this already. <laughs> so, but... It's, it's just very, it's it's just a very, you need 5,000 characters to be literate. That's really, well, people don't really know that. I'm sure Rob does, but. A baby is about 2,000. But here's the thing. They also teach the characters wrong. So each character is actually typically a composite of actually only about maybe 600 or 700 different characters. And then they're put into place in in basically uh, a geometric sequence that then changes how you interpret each character so it, it, so yes you need 5000 characters if you're uh, that you can sight read but if you really hammer on the basic characters you should almost be able to read everything unfortunately for some reason white people teach well white academics teach chinese all wrong Okay, and I don't know if it is intentional or or what what the the thing is behind it. But as far as uh, the wordplay in Chinese, 
that is used all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it was also very effectively used against them to turn them into the Great Leap Forward and make them literally believe things that were completely psychotic at the time, which I see is happening to our language. And it, it's, it's got me very concerned. Absolutely. Simplified Chinese. So people don't know there are two different writings. One is traditional Chinese and one is simplified Chinese. uh, Traditional Chinese still in use, Singapore, Taiwan, Hong Kong. Many people in China can read traditional characters to varying degrees of accuracy. I learned uh, traditional characters growing up and in university. I cannot read simplified at all, like almost at all. Like I barely recognize them. They don't look they don't mean anything to me, really. I mean, it's simpler, but you lose a lot of meaning when you um, simplify the radicals. Radicals mm-hmm. are just uh, components. They're not necessarily phonetic. Sometimes they are. It's it's a very complicated um, writing system, but it, again, ideographic. So they have a lot of ideas with it. Um, you know, there are different ways or many tricks to use. I was lucky to grow up where I grew up in the sense that like there's so many Chinese speakers in Toronto. So you know, you're not really at the whim of just someone's, you know, people are pretty, like pe- the people that I had teaching me Chinese were pretty good. So mm-hmm. I'll just say that. But there are a lot of like, um, yeah, I totally understand what Rob's saying. I totally agree, especially like a, the influx of mainlanders. And I'm not putting down mainlanders, but their grasp of especially like more traditional concepts, more traditional characters, it's very weak. And also the new generation, like there's a lot of people in Taiwan, in um, Hong Kong, in Singapore, that cannot, even though they are trained to be able to write and read traditional characters, they need a computer. Like, I still need, I need a computer. I'm not going to lie. I do. Mm. I, I cannot just do it on my own. I need, uh, I have to, like, look up the character sometimes that I need. I mean, it's very complicated language for absolutely. So, and, like, the amount of homophones, that's what makes it challenging. Because you can like know what the word is but if you cannot sight recognize the character you will be like you will look dumb because you will use the wrong one so i'll just yeah. say that that happens yeah when i was learning korean we had to learn uh we had to learn all the uh, chinese characters also because it was still kind of up in the air at the time as to whether or not if if the koreans would completely get rid of the ch- use of chinese characters the hanja or if they were going to keep them so uh, we were one of the last classes to have to learn it. And uh, yeah, there's there's actually a lot to it. And also too, again, in China, they were just kind of throwing down these decrees, like this doesn't mean this anymore. And this doesn't mean that anymore. Yeah, and yeah. Like what the hell are they doing? You know? Well, well, that's, so that's what I was going to bring up is like sort of maybe which style of language is easier to control is worth pondering. I would say that maybe the, what'd you call it? Ideographic. You know, I, I was trying to come up with a word when I was talking to uh, my, my friend, the lawyer, the Chinese American lawyer. Cause uh, I'm like, what hieroglyphic or, you know, symbol based or what have you, as opposed to alphabetic and phonetic. I mean, so ideographic, is that is that the word you use? Yeah, Jim? that's the word I use, Robin. The Chinese can be all three. That's what makes yes. it really complicated. Wow. It yes. can have wow. phonetic components. It can homophones. have, yeah, homophones. And then it can have ideographic components like ideas. Mm. But that not necessarily yeah. means 
you know, like you'll see, okay, so an easy one, like the sword radical, you will see that come up. Sometimes that means absolutely nothing in the word, but yeah. <laughs> it can also, it can also be a useful way to look it up in a dictionary. That's one thing that I was lucky enough to learn as like a little kid. If you don't know like what a word is in Chinese, you go to the radical dictionary and then you can look it up. It's much easier than like having to look up a whole entire character because you can just look up the list of all the characters that contain that radical. Pretty much you can figure it out. It's a lot easier than it sounds. But yeah, so Chinese has all the different components. It's not just pict pictographic, but it definitely has that element as well. Jin, can I ask, um, I mean, calligraphy is one of the cayus in many martial arts, I guess. Um, is there much variation, like, for instance, in handwriting? For instance, you know, I look at the handwriting of my great-grandmother and it's just beautiful as opposed to, you know, a little kid or, or something. There's, there's going to be a vast difference. Is there much difference yeah, I in mean... people's personal brush strokes? Like, do you... It, is how much variation is open to translation because of that. I think, I mean, Rob, you should answer this as well, but I will just say for like, for as someone who has Chinese grandparents, I just think that there is, but I think it's so standardized. Like, you know, I can always see, it's just like with English, like how you can see someone, you know, you recognize their writing right away. Like I can also recognize like people I know's writing and their imperfections in the, if they miss a stroke. And there's a, there are ways people have, like in Cantonese, we preserve a lot more characters than in standard spoken Mandarin. So there's like a way that people have short formed, like ways to communicate more complex ideas or more complex characters in a short form so like i know when i would go to like the chinese apothecary when you would write like prescriptions for herbs they will short form it and they will and they always would say to me like oh like you know oh you write so nicely and i really don't write nicely i really honestly i'm not a big up myself at all i don't write nicely but I do write the complete character because a lot of people like from home like hong kong they know the way to short form it and I don't know those ways because I didn't grow up like that. So there are ways that definitely the localization and the meaning does, or the writing style does change. But the really you are, when you practice the characters for the first time, it's rote. So you are just like repeating characters over and over and over thousands of times until you get the stroke count correct. Because the yep. way you write characters matters so much. Like so the... Like like a muscle memory, basically, you're programming your muscle. Yeah, memory. basically. I I just want to point out this comment from Western Civilization. Why wasn't Wheel of Fortune adapted for China? <laughs> I think that's a good question. He says that's a show he would pay to see. I I think that's hilarious. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so um, wow. before we totally because I think there's there's like power with both the written language and the spoken language. Um, I wanted to share this one last really, really short clip um, where it was like the power. This is like hypnotism at play, right? Uh, just one second. Thoughts are in our mind, right? But sometimes they can be made real and they can be grabbed and taken away. Like right now, I want you to imagine I just took your name right out of your head. Can you see it here? As I blow it away, it drifts off. 
Your name's gone from your sight, it's gone from your mind. You can no longer remember your own name, it's just been wiped from your mind. Try to remember, but notice you can't. I'm Max, what's your name? The harder you search for it, the more impossible it becomes. How old are you? You know how old you are, you can tell me that. How old are you? Huh? 15. So for 15 years you've had your name, but now it's just gone. Thoughts are in our mind. Could be staged, but um, it struck sorry. me as authentic. I don't it know. It could be because she, you know what she looks like? The younger version of that chick that spun out on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> He's not real. She's got, she's got the clean oh. girl. Look. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I've been hypnotized before. And, uh, Have you? And, yeah, I, I, I buy it. I think that she's, she's while she's under, she's forgotten. Because I don't remember any of the shit that I did and saw the recording mm. and I was like, I'm pretty funny. <laughs> well, what, what I noticed is particularly interesting. Very interesting because even... Oh. Shit. I think Ashley's going Ashley, to Ashley's kind of... Ashley's locking up. She's being uh -oh. beamed up. Are you there, Ashley? You're muted. Yes, I am. And... I am so annoyed because up until Stella will remember this, I had the issue the one frigging time with my internet before then it was perfect. But anyway, um, I thought that she seemed authentic as well. And I, I think it's really fascinating. And, but I do think that some people are so susceptible to hypnosis and the power of suggestion that I think that is possible. Even if that was staged, I truly believe that that can be done to people, which is really scary. If you think about it, especially with the other things that have been done to us to sort of um, like we talked about, like to cloud up our, our third eye and to dumb down our judgment and all of that stuff. It's, it's crazy. So I want to, Go through that one more time, but I'm going to pause at every word that I think might be worth pausing at because he he drops some important words in this uh, short little span of time. So bear with me here. Thoughts are in our mind, right? Thoughts are in our mind, right? But sometimes they can be made real and they can be grabbed and taken away. Like right now, I want you to imagine I just took your name right out of your head. Can you see? Name out of your head. See it here? Wait. Wait. So he, yep. he suggests she imagine that, right? Yeah. yeah and this yeah, is yeah. this is why I, I buy it because this was um what happens sort of when you're under is you're you're kind of in like this really weird compliant, but like everything's cartoonish. Mm. So I mean it, it's not animated looking, but you can in in a way like anything is possible in in that in that state. So yeah, whenever you're imagining something, you're imagining it as real. And it's, it's, it's really interesting too, because a lot of it is like doing an improv class as well. Hmm. So they tell you to do something and you act it out. And as you act it out, it's, uh, it, it hmm. you know, you do the best job that you can as an actor. And, you know, some people are not as funny as other ones. Well, it's interesting he did. He said, imagine I, he, he had her name in his fingers. He was holding her name and he said, imagine, can you see your name right here? Can you imagine it? And then he blows it away and he, uh, he touches her arm. That's the other thing I noticed. Mm -hmm. He grabs her arm yep. and he, he made contact. Yep. Exactly like what happened with that politician. What was his name? 
The one that was spinning out, the old bloke. Mitch oh, McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Yes. <laughs> and remember yeah, that McConnell. woman came up and she touched They've his arm. They've done it to Biden. They've done it to Biden too, if yeah. you look. Yep. They, they have. They've had, so they've it's, had it's a, a Secret Service guy come and touch his arm on a certain place and he comes yep. very compliant all of a sudden. Apparently, I... apparently me and Western civilization agree. So he says the arm yeah. touch is the magic part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why yeah, people touch me. I was hypnotized as a young man oh. or as a probably a young teenager. Um, it was actually a clinical situation. So I was like on the, on a chair, you know, with a hypnotist that looked like the stereotypical hypnotist, by the way, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, my experience is I don't remember anything about it. Apparently I was there for an hour, but it felt like I'd just gone under and then I come back up maybe five minutes later, had no recollection of anything. It was just a dark, it was a dark black, nothing. Basically, mm. that was my experience. My, my was is... kind of like remembering a dream when it's fresh, you know, it, it, it happened and, you know, but it was, and it fades away after a bit, you know, like, like you can remember your dream. And then if you don't write it down, you completely forget it. It was like that. So were you conscious? Like, you know, those dudes on stage, were you like conscious and doing things or were you mm-hmm. laying down? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, I remember like it started off as as we were stepping down some corridor and then it sort of got hazy after that and then everything that the guy told us to do we we acted out and then uh and then in the end it it all felt like a dream and then i got to see the uh i got to see the video afterwards i i think he just does it to sell videos because <laughs> it was you know it was in the 90s mm-hmm. so it was on a video cassette mm-hmm. So uh, two more comments I want to point out. Western civilization, um, rapid rapid induction hypnosis. There's always an arm touch. It's a redirection. Um, And then he also says neuro-linguistic programming was all the rage in the 70s, basically a communications technique. Um, And I, yeah, I mean, I think he's on the right track here. It's the power of language, the power of suggestion, the power of... Uh, what what was the word um, someone threw out earlier? Perception, perception, right? yeah, and intention. Okay, so the there's two more words that stuck out to me in this. They're shaping your because I blow it away. Sorry, sorry. Uh, they're shaping our perception. That's what they have to do. I yes. just would jump in and just say Stella is totally on with that idea of perception. Mm-hmm. That is, and that is also the power. So when you understand something and not just the superficial aspect, but the deeper, maybe magical meaning of things, you actually break the spell through perception. So if mm-hmm. you let them craft your perception, this is just a, obviously I'm going a little woo. I'm sorry, Mike. But no, not at all. In a magical way, I'm sure Andrew knows this too. If you understand something and not just the superficial, but really the deep understanding, they that cannot be used against you in a magical kind of idea. Yep. It's like compliance, basically. It drifts off. Your name's gone from your sight. It's gone from your mind. You can no longer remember your own name. It's just been wiped from your mind. Try to remember, but notice you can't. Try. Notice. Try to try to remember that you can't. Yeah. Those those to me, it was like that was that's him setting her intention 
try, notice. Try to remember, notice you can't. Try to remember, notice you can't. Yeah. Try to remember, notice you, you can't. plants that in her head. And listen to the rhythm of the statement. Try to remember, notice mm -hmm. you can't. Yep, they always base things on three-worded yep. phrases. Build back better is a good example. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Uh, do you remember when you were seeing, well, you're seeing it again now. This to the river, from the river to the sea, and these type of chants, these group chants that they right. put together in public. Right. That shit is dangerous. It yeah. should be banned. The moment they start that goddamn chanting, that shit should be shut down at all costs. I don't care what has to happen. Because you can make people act. Literally, it's like a type of mass hypnosis slash psychosis. Yeah, totally. And that's how you end up with these people running through streets and killing people and shit. And you know what's sad is? Mm -hmm. These dumbasses won't even remember they did it. Because they're actually mm -hmm. being lulled into a hypnosis, a hypnosis, like a fugue state. It's dangerous shit, man. I've, I've halfway experienced it, man. The chant that got me, that got me fucking in the, in the common vibration it's like being at a rock show or being with friends in the woods on mushrooms you 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 reach a level of psychic connection where you lose a little bit of yourself to the group right and the, the chant that got yeah. me was whose streets our streets whose streets, that one really bothered me our yeah. streets that's some dangerous I shit and it's not beyond the realms of possibility either that there's um, so many, let's just say, for example, MK Ultra people, programmed people out there, which there are many, um, that, you know, things like, I don't know, let's say, not pointing to them specifically, but as an example, a group of Hare Krishnas chanting that might be purposely placed on the road of that purpose of that person who is on their way to work that day and they have plans for them. So it's like, oh, there's the plant, there's the trigger. Boom. Exactly. Or whatever. Something over the radio. A, yep. a woman opening exactly. a red umbrella yep. in front of them. Whatever it may be. Yep. And I was going to say, it's so funny that that's the point that you made because I was going to, to add in the fact that we know that there's a hypnosis with the blue screen, right? It's all blue screen. Now, supposedly there's this doctor, Jen News, who I'm talking about for sure, Dr. Jack Cuse, who has come up with a new type of computer that does not have the blue screen because Jack Cuse is talking about how damaging it is for other health reasons, not the hypnosis part of it. But, um, so we know that we can be hypnotized in that way. We know that we, uh, that our health, our faculties are intentionally being dumbed down through the water, the food, the, you know, big harma, all of this stuff, right? So, and I think that they have gotten MKUltra down to such a science that it is mass exported to not just one specific person, like maybe... Maybe yes, sp specifically because I do think like the mass shooters, the especially the more prolific ones, were specific MK Ultra. But I also think that your average low level regular person has had MK Ultra trauma based mind training, and that's how they get the outrage and the fear factor, right? So that's exactly how they could get everybody to be like <gasps> COVID, you know, and to get a to go along with all of these things. And then we also know that they use the term programming for television. And then you even, if you break down and look into TV shows, just like what Stella was saying, there's certain phrases. And there was one that I was watching with uh, friends recently. 
It's a little embarrassing, but I'll tell you anyway, <laughs> it was bumper goes to Berlin and it was like a pitch perfect spinoff. <laughs> and they, they're you in that show. They say there's at least two or three different times that they say three words really fast together and they're random words. And it immediately caught my attention that things like that are activations or that they are something, some thought triggering, something important about that. So, uh, it's very, you know, it's, it's crazy, but I think that they have exported MK ultra, um, in different ways for the fear, for the panic, for the hive mind. Um, and then the more specific people for, you know, the mass shootings, cause that's the big thing that they're on about now. I love big harma. I just want to say that Ashley, I've never heard you say that. I love that. Um, and also, I'll just repeat, I know I always say this, Stella and Ashley are <laughs> so tired of me hearing saying this, but it's sound, color, gross, and subtle speech, light, and perception. That's that's all the components of a spell. They know this. They had the psychic wars in the 70s. It's so obvious. If you look at the funding of the Soviet Union, the Soviet Union had like hundreds more times psychics or cultists, even than the MK ultra. Like it is, it is exactly right. It is down to a science. They know exactly what to do. Like Ikea gives me a headache. I'm just, I'm, I'm that's just an example that comes to my mind, but that like store just gives me the most massive migraine of all time. And I can just feel that it is just a mind control thing like the arrows the colors the dim lighting everything it's just but that's just one example but that is you know they, they use it in everything it is just in everything yep and we get back to tesla yet again frequency yes, energy yes, vibration sense. all those things all those yeah. things are frequency yeah. energy and vibration color light okay what are the others uh, audio what were uh, the others? Yes. speech so there's then yeah, this there's sound. also yeah, and sound, and then our understanding. But sometimes we don't yeah, understand what they're actually saying. So that's like the more, oh, I'm sleeping, or like the Biden thing. Like, he'll say something or come on, and then they say something, but we don't necessarily understand their real meaning or their real intention. So that's the difference between, like, um, perception. I think there's two layers there as well. Like we're receiving information and then also we're understanding information. I think those are two different things. And I Does also remember the, the number stations, the number station used to have a, uh, a three sequence uh, code that it used to read out also, which I find interesting. Well, I don't recall that, but I also wanted to chime in with speaking of what Jen was talking about, the imagery. Well, first of all, Drizzle said something in um, in the chat that it's not just television, television, it's all broadcast media. Yes, 100%. And then what Jen was talking yeah. about, it's all of these elements. And then we have two different understandings of that, right? Which is why I think it's very important. And Stella's very big on this, of uh, pointing out this, and certainly Jen, the symbology in like these celebrity posts and videos, like their social media, for example, these super satanic Doja Cat or or people like that, or even recently I saw Roseanne. Um, so she was wearing these big sparkly sunglasses. They were like a heart or something. She was wearing head to toe pink with red leather gloves. 
Then there was a black and white checkered rug behind her, but there was no video. There was no audio. It was only the image, but the color, like this bright pink, all of the things I was, and people were pointing it out. It wasn't just me. Uh, it was actually the sites that point things out that I saw it from, but I was thinking that these things are really powerful, even though we may not understand it. And, and that this is people that are like hip to what's going on. Right. So the, the average person, the average public, they have no clue. Color. So who was fisting pink? Sorry. Was it Doja Ro Cat? Uh, no, this particular one was Roseanne. Does she go by Roseanne Barr? Oh, yes. right. Okay. Roseanne. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sorry, and the, you said. Uh, the, well, I talked about both, but the interesting thing about this too, is because Roseanne, as we know, comedian, super famous, got canceled because she said that some congressperson looked like a monkey. <laughs> yeah. Are we moving into the Are we moving into the pink revolution now? We have we passed the purple one now, or uh, we merging maybe, into pink? Maybe so, maybe so. Because now What's... that's the thing with Roseanne is that she's coming across as super based, right? Because she supports Israel and she's conservative and she's not woke. So she's friend of the alternative media, like the the far right swing pendulum type thing. Yeah, okay. You know, she is a very good uh, Kamala. I know she's going to be not She really is. I, I'm not making a judgment. I'm just, it's just the reality. It's just she loves her color play and um, she does it like even in her uh, PFP for Twitter. It's like the perfect colors if people are interested in looking at a Kamala tree. It's Hode, H O D. That is the sphere. <laughs> Literally, it's the right colors. It's everything. It's the orange gradient to pink and then having a turquoise core she has a turquoise headband in that picture i mean it's just so obvious um, there's many others it's not just her though there is actually i was noticing a certain libertarian has a very um interesting blue and black um pfp as well and he has taken a very pro um an anti he's taken a very like pro-palestine perspective but almost like in a very managed way and i just will say that he had that also and i just was noticing that a lot of the people who are i guess if once you hit a certain number they just expect you to like start doing it i guess i don't know but i just i have noticed a lot of people who you wouldn't necessarily expect definitely are on the same wavelength with that whether it's like them looking at a book and being like, I want to like do this, like how I would do it, like how in my way of thinking, like, or they are like part of like some secret society or thing. And they're all playing the colors at the same time for different dialectical reasons, because that's like a big part of the dialectic, right? Is to have factions, you're both sides, you're like angry at each other, you, you're, you're playing with emotions, like everybody said. It's all about like, especially the dialectic right now is a lot about mercy, a lot about like that blue, that kind of like um, crystal blue color. That's a very color of mercy. So I just think that's very interesting that we see that a lot. And then you also see like the black, green and red for the other country. And that also has a very, very, very Kabbalistic meaning as well. You're muted, Mike. If I may, uh, Jen, it, it almost sounds like somebody's like juggling your your uh, your phone <laughs> in a microwave while you're talking. 
Yeah, uh, I think, Jen, yeah. uh, you might be covering your microphone with your thumb or, or something like that, and your Nothing's lead might happening. also be scraping against you. Are you on a phone, Yeah. Jen? Yes, I am, and I apologize. That's okay. No that's, much, no that's much clearer right now. So um, Okay, yeah. I apologize. I heard it problem. too. I didn't know what it was from. I apologize. So I'm okay. still learning. I'm still learning. <laughs> We're all learning together, brother. Happens to the best of us, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but everybody just know colors. Like, just start, like, to really start noticing, like, uh, influential people look at their Twitter PFP. That's where they seem to, like, really put it in there. Color is so important. It's the main component. And yep. it's not even about understanding, like, what color they're doing or what they're doing. But just notice, like, if they tend to use a specific color to, like, root in their ideas. And then look at other people who have similar ideas and see what colors they're using. And maybe the, all the colors align. And I'm, I notice that I'm on Twitter. So, yeah, so many, so many of these blokes I'm noticing wearing, per, turning up with purple ties now. Oh yes. yeah. Yes. Uh, Emerging. Kissinger, Kissinger the other day. Yeah. Pick of, pick of Kissinger the other day, purple tie, you know? And I wanted Jen to tell us about orange because we all know the most famous yep. orange man of all. Orange Fre man. Freemasonic, isn't it? Freemason you know he's not really orange, orange. aspect, <laughs> but he has the association of being right. orange, and yep. I don't know. What do you think, Jen? I mean, severity, right? Yes, it's he plays to the pillar of severity. He plays to Hode, Gavura, and Tipperith. If you're looking at a Kabbalah tree, which is um, speech, ego, and war, basically. So. Um, he has all those and war doesn't necessarily mean going to a foreign war. It can just mean someone who's very contentious, just like he is very contentious and he provokes strong reactions in people, whether dislike or love, not love, but like um, a kind of mesmerization. That's very Gavura. So I'm just going to say that those three colors, which it would be like red orange and yellow he seems to really play in that sphere he always wears red ties although when he did the tucker interview he did wear a very interesting shiny blue just like i said the chesed blue of mercy so he he kind he, they all are doing it they're doing it all the time um i know that people think that it's just like wild and crazy to point it out i mean none of i don't think any of us do but I, I really think that people like get wise to it and just like accept the fact that they're all doing it. It's not, you know, it's not made up. It really is happening right in front of your face. And it does actually like mean something, even if you just take it on a psychological level of like what colors mean, you could just understand it as that. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I have. I, I was trying to remember what cartoon this, this, villain was from uh but now i see uh rob's pulled up a picture of this this character from the powder puff girls or rather power puff girls yes uh, kind of the devil the devil character if you will yeah figured i'd I throw believe... that up there because i'm waiting for somebody to dress like this and actually wasn't the uh who is the one rapper he did kind of dress oh yeah uh, like Lil Nas X. Lil Nas the, X, the, yeah. Lil Nas yeah. X, yeah. yeah. And I thought, yeah. holy shit, I'm just watching the Powerpuff Girls in real life now. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> if you look at, uh, from a pop perspective, Sam Smith, who started mm. out as this, like, yes. gentle little guy, and now they have him looking like an S&M 
Christmas ham. <laughs> it's really disgusting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing that you should yes, bring him up, ham. actually, actually, Ashley, because I was just thinking of him about, oh, I don't know, three or four minutes ago, thinking Sam Smith, and he came up and did exactly that. But also, he pushed that song, Unholy, and he really planted that. I mean, that was an earworm and a half, wasn't it? Yeah. You, know, you couldn't help but yeah. get that, that bloody thing just took over and parasited your brain for at least a day or two at a time, every yeah. time you bloody heard it. And uh, it, since since then, pardon? Was it in the rhythm of, of like a Islamic chant too? Was that It was the, very the similar, yes. It had a yes. very sort of Middle yes. Eastern flavour to it. Yeah, definitely. But since then, I've also seen the word unholy um, anchored into and woven into quite a rich tapestry of propaganda and uh, events. Um, so that word is becoming... Yeah, like woven into our psyche for sure. So that's, you know, just yet another predictive programming. Nothing too and flash. Back to doing my nails, you know. <laughs> and the other thing about that, uh, Stella, is that it was about stepping out on your partner. It was about an affair. So it sort of circles exactly. back to th them inverting and chipping away at the true foundation of society. Because when at you're a strong holy. family, exactly. When you're a strong family unit, then you're the cornerstone. Yes. And you're and standing you... strong against their, you know, whatever they're trying to do. 100%. Betrayal, and, and do you remember yeah. what AI uh, suggested to that probably a shill, but it was out there in the psyche at least. AI suggested that that user leave his wife and run away with, was it AI itself? Yes. That was like the movie She. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. Jacqueline yeah. Rivers. Yeah. Totally forgot oh, about that. Speaking, speaking of She. Joaquin. Speaking of yeah. She, Joaquin. apparently, yeah. apparently the Joaquin character, Matthews. apparently the character from Powerpuff Girls was named him. Yes. <laughs> but it looks like really? a female. Yeah, oh, kind of an androgynous so agenda. Yeah, and, yeah, and I'm sure. Look, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm pretty sure because I I was sort of past children at this power power puff girl stage, but there was these toys that it was outrageous. It was on, on social media for a while. There was these little toys, little plastic things, probably I don't know, uh, in your system, four inches high, and you would dip them into water. And the clothes that they had on would disappear. And they had fucking stockings and suspenders and all sorts of shit under. It was like, what? What? And there was BDSM a number of them. Toys. All different <laughs> all different designs. But they were in the children's aisles. They weren't Start like in. young. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That was just outrageous yeah. if anyone's seen those. <laughs> Unbelievable. The mothers were just, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I want to keep us moving here. Um, I want to play some of this. Uh, I'm just going to say whenever somebody has something of substance to contribute, holler and I will hit the pause. But there's a lot of good shit in here. So I'm just going to kind of let it play for however long till we want to talk. One of the earliest definitions of magic is the art of influencing events and producing marvels using hidden natural forces. I know that most people don't believe in magic, but what if I told you that we all perform magic simply by speaking and writing words? As if the world wasn't bizarre enough as it is, you will now learn that the words we choose to use in our everyday thoughts have magical elements to them, and you are casting spells when you speak and write. It is the art of directing and controlling energy with a spoken word. 
Words that transform into frequencies and vibrations that can be used to direct energy. Numbers have magical elements also. In fact, the numeral and alphabet system were created based on sacred geometry and sacred sound, and therefore, numbers and letters have magical properties to them. The art of magic is often practiced with certain sacred magnetic words. These sound tones have powerful vibrational patterns, which are used to direct and control energy and allows you to harness its power if you know what you are doing. Sound is one of the natural forces used by nature to create crystalline structures and sacred geometries, which are some of the building blocks of matter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In most cultures, the Word is equated with God. The world and the Word are only an L apart. God created the world with the Word. The Watchers, the fallen angels that were cast out of heaven by God, dominate and control this world by using hidden magical forces. The world is being dominated by magical forces. Until you learn how magic is being used to control you, you will never know how the world really works. One example is through the careful construction of the English language designed and put together in a way that produces magical effects and can manipulate those who are unaware of the word's true meaning. A very handy tool for those who wish to control you. Here is a great example of how words are used to cast spells without us even being aware of it by Laurel Erica. I'm pausing there because he just reads the exact same poem that I played for you earlier. Uh, and the gal that read it was the one who wrote it. So now would be a time if anybody has any thoughts. I just want to say about um, him citing John 1 that John in Hebrew is um, means uh, God has been gracious or Yahweh has been gracious specifically. So I always thought that was very interesting about John. And my other um, researcher friend, uh, Troublemaker Jonah, shout out to him, 
who him and I have actually become quite good friends. He's very obsessed with John the Baptist. I don't mean obsessed in a weird way. I mean, like, it's like his topic of research. And he has made a lot of Janus connections. I'm not very good at the Janus stuff. Like, obviously, I'm more into my, like, Sanskrit, Central Asia, East Asian stuff. But he has made a lot of connections with John the Baptist and Janus. So I just will say that and shout out to him. And, uh, but yes, absolutely. You see this idea of the word and like the apotheosis of the word coming up so much in every single religion. It is so important. This idea of like a received word or like a, a word, divine words or words of creation and words of making and unmaking. So, 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 so important, honestly. I'd just like to give another shout out to a channel called what the flock TV um, he does a lot of stuff on Janice and, um, it's really, really interesting. He's got some really interesting viewpoints. He's a UK dude. I have no affiliation with him. I just watch him every now and then. And it's, I always come away just going, wow, it's a different, slightly different outlook or a better understanding. So I do recommend that channel. Oh yes. And, uh, you know, they, I think they've collaborated together and done stuff, um, I will say that the double-headed eagle in Tantra actually has that meaning of being able to sort of absorb magical excess, like the charge of magic. And then with the other face, it spits back out the gross words, like the words that we use, it spits it back out with their other head. So I always think that's very interesting, like as a parallel to that, because again, I'm not that good at the channel stuff, but it's a very interesting topic. I ain't the least bit familiar with this Janus stuff. Uh, it almost sounds like a kind of can of worms. Um, but let me play this on a little longer and uh, tell me what you think. I think, uh, once again, there's a lot in this to kind of chew on. So just holler if you got something to say. Um, oh, just before we do, yeah. as uh, was pointed out in the chat, Western Civilization, it's good to pause every now and then and chat anyway because of the copyright issues. So yeah, that true. That is a good point. Yeah, this one, um, I don't know exactly, you know, what it's like. Some some, some stuff I don't tend to worry about, but who's to say? Anywho, here we go. Oh, apologies, it is muted. From our past and our we get the weekend of the deal as we become weekend ourselves. We are not taught this form of magic because it has been hidden from us by the kings and rulers of this world, from our past and our present. The purpose of this is to prevent you from knowing the true intention of language and the powers that we all truly possess inside. The dark forces have been controlling people's life perceptions using magical spells for a very long time now. Their magic spells cannot control 100% of your mind, but they do affect your mind more than you may realize. Just like how subliminal message can affect your subconscious to a large degree. When you speak or write words, you are casting your thoughts and vibrations into the Earth's magnetic field or magic field or ether, which is the energy field that helps create and shape your reality of Earth. If you are not careful with what you say or think, 
you can actually cast a spell without even being aware of it. Have you ever wondered why one of the first things they teach you to do in school is learn how to spell? You are taught the alphabet and how to count numbers, which are designed using sacred geometry and sacred sounds. These letters and numbers are ideograms, which are written symbols that represent ideas. After learning the alphabet, you are taught how to spell using the letters of the alphabet. Why do you think they call it spelling? Because you are casting spells when you speak or write. After learning how to spell words, you are taught to cast those spellings into sentences. The term sentence in law refers to punishment. For example, when you curse or use swear words, you are creating and directing your negative energy, and that could lead to many negative outcomes, such as violence, emotional suffering, anxiety, and many other harmful situations. And that's why they call it cursing, because you are casting a spell with those cursing words that cut like a sword. Okay, so I don't know. Should I stop saying fuck? What do you guys say? What do you think? Well, I was going to say that <laughs> it kind of made me think because, um, you know, I cuss all the time yeah. and I don't have a bad intent, but I do use it to express myself. But I talked to another podcaster kind of recently and he, you know, he chooses not to cuss in his work. Um, so that made me think. And then the other thing at the, at the end or the, where we stopped, where he moves the S and turns it in from words to sword. It made me think of <laughs> Drizzle said that, uh, you like my potty mouth. Thank you. <laughs> um, but it kind of made me think of we're supposed to say sticks and stones may make, break my bones, but words can never hurt me. But if words are a sword, then yes, it could, you know, and if, if it's a spell, I don't know. So it kind of, that's what it made me think of. Let me just be a monkey for a quick second and just say that um, swear words actually have a lot of power and it's actually uh, powerful that we are able to use them and they are not able to take away words from us. So I will just say that, like when they have that thing where they do that politeness culture, and, and I agree, there's there's time and place, like that does matter, and right? But, you know, the reality is, is the swearing and cursing comes from common speech, common people, just like us, and that is a powerful dialectical tool, just like negation, just like how people will say, oh, something's not real or something doesn't exist or that's a very powerful alchemical tool. So cursing is also, or swearing is also a very powerful tool. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with us having control of our words. And if it's part of your vocabulary by your choice, then I think that that's fine. I think that when it's, 
you hear kids sometimes, I'm not just picking on kids, but you know, you're here, you're some people, they don't have other vocabulary words that they can use. So they will substitute a lot of like, you know, the F word or whatever, fuck or whatever. So that is not good because that's not really part of your choice. It's not part of your free will. But if we exercise our free will by swearing, then that's okay. I think that's my opinion. Correct me if I'm wrong, perhaps, Ando, but uh, I believe that the word, well, the use of the word tongue, as in controlling the tongue, is one of the most spoken about things in the Bible. I think it's even more than the name Jesus, from memory, without Googling. Right. I, I think you're right there. Um, I think I learned that on Drew's show. I think I might have learned that at church. <laughs> Years ago. <laughs> <laughs> learned something. But yeah, tongue, uh, interesting too, is, I mean, like when you break it, uh, it, you know, language, lingua, you know, all, all the things to do with tongues is. Well, it's sort of like the last bit as it leaves your mind and becomes a physical manifestation. Tongue is the last thing that it touches before it goes out into the world. So when I said years ago, I didn't mean to say, no, no, I knew that before. What I meant to say is I haven't been to church for a bloody long time because I don't do church. Yeah, I decided well, makes not me, to go it that makes route. Me, it makes me want to ask if any of y'all know, because I don't, is there a connection between the word uh, phonetic and Phoenician? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The Phoenician alphabet is basically, I mean, that's what we've, largely based upon well okay. i mean we're based upon so many things aren't we latin german french mm -hmm. i think yeah. they were the first ones to link the actual letters to sounds to make a common language that could be written and in the i'm trying to remember if it's in the bible or if it's in sumerian um and funny enough um there was a greek philosopher i want to say it may have been pythagoras or Plato, who said that the introduction of written language was, he thought, going to ruin the human mind because he mm. said, once you put it down on paper, it leaves the consciousness. Mm. And that was his belief. So he wanted to continue to keep all the lessons of science and academia as written or as as spoken word and memorized oral, oral stories tradition. wow yeah in the oral tradition and he thought that um, it was a great disservice um that the phoenicians had put upon the world by m making this written language oh and then that made me think all of this discussion about language and how we are you know we've been manipulated in these ways well what does that mean for the amount of uh, like the emojis that we use now, right? Mm, so it's mm. like moving away from speech, even like to each other, to texted speech, to back to symbols. Back to hieroglyphics. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That it's may be exactly something we have gone. to do to break the spell, right? We may Maybe. need to do that to break the spell that's occurring, that, that's very detrimental to us right now, as we're seeing. Our words don't mean anything. Or... Or bring it on because um, I have seen, uh, I think, a fairly valid documentary uh, when it was around when crypto sort of started coming out. So around a couple of years ago, I guess, 
well, not coming out, but uh, whatever. Anyway, it was a couple of years ago. And this documentary was explaining about all the emojis and uh, spiritual connection to each one. It was quite interesting to look at um, in from a different perspective. It's like, oh, these harmless little graphics. Well, actually, if you want to believe that, uh, no, they're not. Um, yeah, hieroglyphs, exactly. They're pictographs. I mean, that was the very first. The cavemen were doing that. It's sort of, you know, we grew up from toddlerhood, you know, colouring in pictures to some language, you know. We sort of grew up a bit. But uh, I think we're, yeah, full circle. The Ouroboros yet again comes to mind. I just want to say I totally agree with what Rob said. I and Ashley and Ando know that I'm super guilty of like a lot of emoji use. But I honestly feel like it is magic. I feel like that is a good magic, like a positive white magic that it, it relates a lot. Honestly, I I mean, I'm, I mean a lot when I say I don't just use them frivolously. I try and like use them intentionally. I Maybe that sounds very magical, but I do. And I think that it's really powerful. And I think that we naturally are inclined to symbols. And I think that when we use symbols, we kind of determine the meaning because in our common like speech with each other online, like they, it's harder for them to control that. Right. Like much harder, like our like weird shortened shorthand things and all of that. I think that we just develop our own language, our own ways of meaning, our own ways of feeling. So I, I just say that in pro pro emoji. Well, just to quote the famous, you know, a picture says a thousand words. So that's why memes are almost like the new language, really. I mean, emojis as well. But there is intention, again, behind an emoji. You know, you can say a sentence uh, and it can sound like something. Or if you put that, you know, tongue out eh, emoji after it's like, oh, they're just joking. That's okay. So, it, you know, it sort of almost seals the deal with some people. I use them because I like pictures. You know, I'm a graphic designer. I'm arty. I like them because of that. But it was interesting to look at them tied to a spiritual kind of meaning as well. And let's not forget, Lucifer is, you know, light. Um, he's the, if you want to go with this, he's the king of this world. He's the king of the airwaves and light. And that is what the mobile phones and devices are, is light. So, and everything being transferred with fiber optics as well. So um, there's that. Well, I remember I, when I went through and I was talking about how the serpent, as mentioned in many of the early uh, religious texts, is not really a serpent. It's an energy. And that serpent mm -hmm. is always put together with what? It's always put together with Lucifer, right? So. Yeah. And shout out to NYP. He's been going on this for like a year about how it's really like magic is really just electricity. Like it's not this like, you know, this like um, dark cloud around us that people just cast or whatever. It's really electricity. Like it's the energy with plus intention. That is really what magic is at the end of the day. So I totally agree with you. Rob. Frequency and frequency. I was going to say, yes. I was going to say uh, Western. Hence the West serpent. Right. What yep. Western civilization says serpent equals a wave. Yes. It's all, yes. It's all waves. Yeah. That is one hertz. And um, it's not just certain people. I, I'm, I'm seeing this, there's so much commonality with the knowledge that's coming out. You know, people are saying, oh, this person's been saying this for so long. Now it's just because the knowledge is being spread, not only on the internet, but also I think in the waves. Like, I mean, where do ideas come from? Um, how do inventions happen? It's because somebody gets a thought. Where does that come from? And how many of us, and I know I've experienced this so many times myself, you get an idea, it's 
it fucking rocks, but you don't do anything about it or you can't, you're not in a position to do something about it. And it kind of, mm. off it goes again. And it like mm. a, you know, one of those grass seeds and then it plants in somebody else's mind. And then next minute you see it in a freaking catalog for seventeen ninety nine. Yeah. 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 Yes. I totally, I made I, that. by the way, speaking, <laughs> I, I speaking totally of know that. what you mean. Speaking of that, I started, I started wearing big pants again about two years ago. Guess what company just reopened and now wants $250 for raver pants? Fucking Jinko. Fucking guys. Yeah. I used to get my pants for $30 a pair. They could fuck off with that. <laughs> it hurts well, when you see somebody making a fortune out of your idea. <laughs> well, I wanted to share a little bit of this because this is this is one of the people who apparently is in charge of defining our language. I believe this uh, purple-haired person, kind of an androgynous-looking person, um, <laughs> is I think they work for uh, Merriam-Webster, and they go by the job title of lexico lexicographer, as in someone who graphs the lexicon. And um, I don't know she. She she doesn't say anything totally out of line, but you can tell. Oh God, this is the person. Like you that just writes assumed her pronouns. Did I what now? You assumed her pronouns. I did assume. <laughs> You're right. I'm gonna go with her because I see a pair of titties. So. Uh, <laughs> That's a good Listen, call. That, I like that. That, that doesn't works. mean anything. Bill Gates <laughs> has beautiful breasts. Okay. Yeah, true. True. Not quite as large as these, but. Constable on patrol, or fuck, like fuck has like a whole bunch of supposed right. acronymic etymologies. So there's um, fornication under consent of the king, for unlawful carnal knowledge, file under carnal knowledge, uh, forbidden under consent of the king. Like there's all sorts of these mm -hmm. acronymic etymologies, and it's not from that. It's from like a Germanic verb that means to poke or to stab, <laughs> like. It's just pretty boring. You know, at least in the like 80s or 90s mm -hmm. with Tipper Gore and the, is it Parent Music? Parents uh, Music Resource Center. So PRMC. PRMC, which was. PMRC. In the mid 80s, I yeah. think. Mm -hmm. I vaguely remember it. Right. Um, but I remember all of like the explicit content labels, like all the things right. like, you know, rap albums having these like <laughs> explicit lyrics right. and like your mom saying, oh no, you can't buy that. Um, but that seems to have like really opened up the way for, you know, lowering the taboo for all of these swear yeah. words. Yeah. So what's really fascinating about that is um, that group was founded as part of the moral majority. And um, and it really, it shows, it had a group of songs called the Filthy 15. Right. Um, Topped by Prince. Prince. Yep. Darling Nikki was the top of the, of the Filthy 15. Um, also included Twisted Sisters, We're Not Gonna Take It. Okay. It was basically like, it's encouraging teenage rebellion. And in the <laughs> video, they push the dad down the stairs. Like, so I'm also sure Dee Snyder dressing up. In you know, right. makeup was probably not something they were down with. They focused mostly on music. There was a similar push in film and in television. But at that point, like the FCC for television was pretty, it was pretty strict. I mean, sure. I remember in the probably the late 80s watching something like Hill Street Blues or like 
or Miami Vice, like this is how old I am, <laughs> that, and one of the characters saying ass and being like, <gasps> oh my God. And it was like, it showed at like 10 PM local time. So right. like we had to shove it way at the end of prime time. This group uh, focused so much on uh, inappropriate content in music. And there were hearings. I mean, it was amazing. Like they had Dee Snyder and Frank Zappa. And John Denver. And John Denver, who I think they brought in for a congressional hearing thinking, you know, sweet old John Denver will come in and say, we should have, you know, wonderful, wholesome lyrics. You know, this is a man who sang Rocky Mountain High. Like, <laughs> and he, uh, he basically just decimated them and said, you know, freedom in lyrics is important. So there was this huge, very, very... Okay, pausing there. I, I liked the thing about John Denver basically being like, fuck censorship. Um, because, okay, so like, are these quote unquote curse words, are they truly bad? Are they truly dirty? Are they irredeemable? Or are they simply powerful? And it's all about intention, right? Like, I don't have any intention of changing the name of this here forum because i think what the fuck has a certain ring to it <laughs> with with the right intention absolutely i think it's really interesting about the idea of freedom in lyrics because we know that like laurel canyon total kayfabe we know that the grunge scene total kayfabe like all managed all controlled all MK Ultra shit. Like, is it really freedom in lyrics when everything is so crafted behind the scenes? It's not really freedom in lyrics. And I think that they knew that John Denver was going to come out and say that I have no reservation that they do not carefully manage, even in a mild way, those kinds of congressional hearings. I, that's my personal opinion. I just, I don't see it being like, oh, it's a grand surprise. No, I don't think that that really, I don't think there are grand surprises like that. That's my opinion though. This uh, is a uh, good call uh, because this was from the left. This was Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife that was pushing all this. Um, and uh, and in, in retaliation, I mean, we, we've got, you know, like, the, the 90s got filthier and filthier as they went along. And then now, I mean, it, it's, you know, uh, some of the music videos that come out these days are halfway pornographic. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, we've come a long way in the past 30 years. And it, it seems that it hasn't led us anywhere good. And we might need to go back, which I hate to agree with Tipper Gore and, and these, you know, assholes, but... <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that. Um, and Drizzle is talking about that basically the same thing. So the dog and pony show, just like every other congressional hearing, uh, John Denver was likely a spook. The entire inter in entertainment industry, all fake, all propaganda, all programming. Um, Agreed. And I, <laughs> gentleman skeptic, is talking about he likes the blues. They mastered the double entendre. BB King's sweet little angel is about a girl who's DTF. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is that, yes, I agree uh, that all of that was simply moving 
what was acceptable in society. It was about separating young people from the values of their parents. It was about causing these generational divisions, which have they've gotten really good at that now. But it was uh, it was basically just manufacturing the exact place that we're at now um, using all all of that stuff. And now I I really think that a lot of the rap and like uh, Stella and I talk about this all the time, it's multifaceted, right? So the Satanism and this like uh, fucking bitches culture that's in rap, the drug culture, the all of that stuff, that's done intentionally and that was targeted at that community. But what it also does is introduce these ideas to the larger population and it primes the pump for the programming. And so I think like back in the day, a rock and roll show, even if it was used to like move the Overton window or allowable opinion or whatever and introduce these ideas of degeneracy, uh, they still weren't like what they're at now. If you go to a rock show now, it's like a satanic ritual. (laughs) I mean, it's, it, it has changed so much. It's so created yet. It's so satanic and it, it's not about rock and roll at all. It's a very, very weird, a weird thing. And I think that it's used as part of, for example, like television programming, like what we're talking about, it exposes you to violence and it's like desensitizes you and it helps create a trauma response. And I think that that's what these live shows do as well. I'm going to, I'm going to push back on you if I can. Sure. Just a little, because I, I hesitate to put any amount of blame on like people in the counterculture and particular like artists. Like, I think that what artists are doing are expressing a common feeling, a common vibration, a common sentiment. And, um, they are not, the the cause of such things they are one expression of it you know what i mean like i i don't think that these people necessarily are being used for the for their music i think their music is a reflection of something that exists but the system that must be the way it out yeah and i i was gonna say that a lot of these people though they do have an association with deep state cia mk ultra for example jim morrison was involved in the laurel canyon scene so i i definitely understand where you're coming from mike but i unfortunately think that yes they are there to push and create the narrative and then i will tell you that um i was just listening Uh, One quick thing uh, that I was listening to a higher side chat with, uh, was it John Podish who was talking? Okay. So he was talking about um, all of this stuff. And and even if they originally didn't go into it, trying to promote whatever societal uh, ill they ended up promoting, they were, they were herded and they were managed and they were handled to do that at, at, uh, expense to themselves like for example uh mick jagger they said that john potish said that he wasn't really down to promote like the acid message however it's like if you don't do what you're being kind of herded into by your manager by your handler then all of a sudden you're going to start having some attempts on your life Tupac Shakur, you're going to have some a hard time. You're getting arrested for 
drugs at the airport, things like that. 100%. And shout out to Drizzle, too, for... Uh, uh, sometimes I think his po- political takes are like just from my mind, honestly. But and also to build on what Ando said, because I think that's totally right. And what Ashley said too, I think it's part of the managed dialectic. And there's an idea in um, left hand path, like um, black magic, I guess we'll call it. There's the idea called society of the transgressive. So it's the Overton window always moves leftward. You push it towards degeneracy. So that's kind of what Tipper Gore did, right? They put it in public consciousness. So then it can never really swing back. It can never swing back to like sweet folksy, like 1940s, like, you know, like coal miners in Virginia kind of music. It can never be that again because it's already like way past that. It's progressive, you could say. I'm glad though. I'm glad though. I don't want to listen to fucking barbershop quartets and fucking, you know, like, bubblegum right but there's a there's a difference mike between like an organic development in culture and like culture creation like chatham house assailant grunge and colby dennis shout out to colby from conspiracy playtime he did an amazing series on grunge and courtney love and how like she was totally like uh you know um what did they call a beta sex kitten and she yes. just, like showed up in japan at 14 with like suitcases full of cash and ecstasy and like crazy shit like honestly <laughs> yeah. yeah and and i was gonna say to mike i understand that you don't want to listen to that stuff but what i'm saying is that these movements were not organic that's my thing it's not that the music never would have come about it's not that there wouldn't have been this mixing of like blues and southern rock with like a little appalachia kind of stuff it's not that that never would have happened but the the point is is that it was manufactured to push a message right so i think that that's where it comes from it's like what arise or what is arising organically versus what is being manufactured to get you mentally and everyone else somewhere else you can still enjoy it mike you can still listen to it i still listen to music <laughs> and I, you know i there's no problem it's more that you understand that, yes, this is part of it, but you can still enjoy stuff. Like, I still like anime yeah. sometimes. You know, uh, people like t- certain TV. I don't watch really, uh, Ashley knows this, I don't really watch live action television unless it's like a Chinese movie. So just for me, I, I there are things that I do enjoy that are part of it. Yes, it's problematic. Who cares? Honestly, who cares? Well, so uh, I think maybe there's a distinction worth drawing, which is like, I, you know, I tend to gravitate towards folk music and I tend to repel like pop you know pop you know the whatever's in the in the total like you know cultural uh vortex i tend i tend to operate on the peripheries like my favorite musicians are people that most people have never heard of because they're old bluegrass guys that are are more singer songwriter uh you know and kind of the the legendary like guy with the with the guitar case that didn't give a fuck versus these like sam smith you know fucking oh ariana grande like filling the fucking justin timberlake motherfuckers whatever blank it's uh yeah i i i i don't want to blame music as a whole is all i'm saying but i agree there's certainly suspect characters in the music industry and in hollywood i mean all the way And we can we can kind of go from there. I've got some related stuff. 
Um, I do, I do want to kind of wrap up this idea or this topic of like the magic of language. We've cut, you know, we've covered it pretty efficiently, I would say, but I do want to play a little more of this one clip in particular. And, then and while, yeah, oh, go ahead. while you're getting that queued up, Mike, I was going to say that Drizzle said to push a message and to control behavior, to make people predictable and capitalize on those behavior sets. And that's really, yeah, what it's about. So, and it's essentially co-opting, and I didn't say this earlier, but co-opting, whether it's organic or not, if it is identified as having usefulness to the predator class, then it will be co-opted. And that's for any movement, whether like BLM started out in a genuine way, like the person who originally started BLM was has nothing to do with BLM org as we know today, or um, the... Uh, the one percenters, right. Or the 99% movement, like the wall street, occupy wall street, um, that, you know, these movements, even if they are organic, they're going to get co-opted and used for the means of the predator class, because that's, that's where we're at currently. That's a great point, Ashley. I think the BLM and, uh, occupy wall street is a great, great example of that, like not in the music business, but also like in real culture, like real time. I think that that's exactly right. So I'll agree with that as well. Yeah. All right, here we go. Don't speak negatively about yourself. Even as a joke, your body doesn't know the difference. Words are energy and cast spells. That's why they call it spelling. Bruce Lee. Dr. Emoto created a famous experiment with water and reports that water is a blueprint for our reality and that emotional energies and vibrations could change its physical structure. His water crystal experiments consisted of exposing water and glasses to various words, pictures or music, then freezing and examining the ice crystal properties with microscopic photography. He claims that water exposed to positive speech and thoughts created visually pleasing ice crystals and that negative intentions yielded ugly ice formations. The word occult means secret or knowledge of the hidden. Its early masters were regarded as true magicians. Discoveries in the occult arts of astrology and alchemy gave birth to modern science. If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. We can trace the occult teachings back 5,000 years ago in Egypt. The Egyptians believed that this knowledge was given to them by Thoth, the Egyptian god of magic, who is said to have given the world writing, language, and numbers. Legends held that a book of magic written by Thoth contained the secrets of the gods. This book was considered to be in the astral plane, not physical, but something we have to travel in consciousness to get to.
Much of what is called ceremonial magic, such as casting spells, the use of magic words, and incantations, comes from the ancient Egyptians. Phoenicians learned this knowledge and then began to spread it throughout the Mediterranean world. Words and magic were in the beginning one and the same thing, and even today, words retain much of their magical power. We know that Hollywood, a druidic establishment, located in the city of Lost Angels, is a place where magic happens in the movie and music industry. And it's interesting that real magic wands are made out of Hollywood from a holly tree, and this originates from the ancient druids. A druid was a member of the elite ranking class, and this society dates back to ancient Celtic cultures. They are best remembered as religious leaders. They are also legal authorities, adjudicators, lore keepers, medical professionals, political advisors. Does this sound familiar so far? Druids are riddled with mysticism and magic and are said to have contact with the spirit world. Some theorize that the ancient Druids built Stonehenge, given their reverence for it, as well as other sacred monolithic sites. This picture from 1832 depicts Druids preparing a wicker work filled with live humans to be burned and sacrificed. It would surprise many to learn that the famous Winston Churchill and William Blake were both Druids. Burning Man. How to protect yourself from secrets. Yeah, we'll stop it there. Um, so yeah, the Wicker Man is, to me, a very interesting image. It's, um, to me, I almost think about things like COVID and things like Waco and these these wicker men of like like narratives that are just used as an excuse to sacrifice people like it doesn't have to be something that will stand the test of time we just have to build it and stuff it full of people and it's got to stand up long enough for us to light it on fire and walk away build it and they will come people think they're just going to have a good time and share a bit of love and peace and music man but uh, no, they're taking part in a ritual. 100%. And I also think it was interesting when he showed like Toth from the Egyptian pantheon. Obviously, that's not my area of research, but I just think it's very interesting because in um, like the Golden Dawn and Talima, Toth is assigned to the sphere Hode. So just to bring it back all the way around to our first discussion about Roseanne, that orange shift, the orange wave, that is where Toth originates and also the emerald tablets because as I've said in other shows, like the spheres have multiple densities, multiple colors. So that emerald green kind of like turquoise that appears in the inner density of the sphere. And the emerald tablets was the first magical text introduced to Europe from a Turkish Arabic translation in the 10th century. So I just think that that is very, very interesting. And also COVID, we wore the mask. Well, I didn't really, but some people did. And that could be considered the time of silence. So it's that is also like a magical operation.
and I'm not the first one to say that, but it just, it really reminds me of that, like how much words are powerful, but then also like silence and silencing other people are very, that's also a metaphor version. It was very symbolic with everybody with their mouth covered. And then you see something like a company like Tesla, and it looks like the cars have their mouths covered. A little weird. Yeah, yeah I, I think people that. are starting to connect all these little tentacles and veins that are all coming back together and people are putting the picture together now. It's it's quite amazing and you know, I mean the whole raise your raise your frequency thing is all very woo woo, but there is something to it, I believe, because every every uh, emotion has an energy just like oh, a frequency. Uh, just like every object has a frequency. It's been proven scientifically and as as yeah. I think it was gentleman skeptic pointed out, it's um otherwise known as quantum physics, which we are starting to understand. Physics itself has been modified a number of times in recent years. Uh, there is never a science, by the way, fucking Fauci. It definitely ain't him. There is the science, though, Stella. There is and the science. The science is a short little rat-looking asshole. Parasite. Well, mm. Did you see where somebody did a, a, a fake Fauci video um, where it's basically a remake of Blinding Me with Science by uh, Thomas, Dolby, <laughs> Thomas Dolby, but it's Excellent. Fauci oh, running hilarious. around? Did you see ah, that one? That no. song was on it's my head yesterday. They keep Yet pulling it scene. down. They keep pulling it down from YouTube because <laughs> it's so good. That it's it, so funny. Just, it lambasts <laughs> him perfectly. Huh. I just want to go back to the frequencies just while we're here. Um, on mm -hmm. the subject of frequencies and music, um, it is said, it has been said that the 440 hertz frequency, which is currently accepted as the concert pitch A, um, was indeed changed from there. I'm not sure about what. Uh, some say it's 432. I believe that might be a Tesla thing. But some have also... Um, pondered on 444, 440, I think 441 might be in there. So it's a little bit muddy because they have muddied the waters, obviously. They don't want us to figure it all out. But um, Royal Rife, for instance, was all tapped into all this stuff. But getting back to music, um, there has been some explanation offered, that, uh, which is valid. There were a lot of musicians moving around the old world, uh, and they were unable, well, when I say old world, modern old world, when they went to new places, they weren't able to play music with the locals because their instruments were tuned to their form or their scale. So in order to make everyone uniform, one world harmony, <laughs> big frequency, um, they tapped into, let's just make it a standard 440 hertz. However, that has been pointed out to be quite disruptive to the human cellular structure, if you can believe the evidence that has been brought forward, if it's true. And certain other frequencies are actually more in tune to our cellular structure to a healing point, whereas 440 is disharmonizing and chaos creating. Uh, and we are made up of a lot of water and we've seen how the Japanese gentleman, I can never remember the name of, Omoto, Anyway, how he uh, did the experiments that we could visually, that were visually proven. Um, so, yeah, I'm just pointing out that um, 
it's possible the whole musical system has been manipulated or probable to destroy us as well because the frequencies are not what is in harmony to our cellular structure and our electrical systems within. So I did want to say, and that is a good point. I'm glad that you brought that up, Stella. Uh, When Drizzle did his interview with James Corbett, he asked him about that. And James Corbett didn't say he disproved that, but he said that he didn't really find very much information to support that. Um, And I'm certainly not arguing, you know, I don't know, but I think it's a fascinating topic, but I just thought I would throw that out there as one other little data point that James Corbett said he couldn't verify that, but who knows? Fair enough. I mean, I'm sure Corbett probably couldn't verify it because he was telling the truth. He probably wasn't able to find a whole lot about it because a, there's not a whole lot. Well, there's pretty much nothing, I suppose that's, well, I can't say it, but that is uh, funded because it's the same reason that they balked at funding the healing properties of plants and and THC, particularly uh, marijuana. Um, So, you're not going to find a whole lot of stuff out there because anyone who does find something beneficial is generally disappeared or, you know, attacked as we've seen over and over again, just like Tesla himself. Yeah. Oh, and this is a side note, but I, I think I'm, I've been thinking about ditching my sign, my good vibes only sign. This came up in a chat <laughs> with, <laughs> just with, turn it upside down, mate. Just uh, with Sir Tim, uh, because what does that even mean? You know, is that spell casting unintentionally? And he said, listen, he said, just say that you're into seismology. So. <laughs> uh, I but think I it's good. I think it's good. I'm, I'm, okay, all about good. I'm all about the white magic. I'm like, put good vibes out in the world. You know, like, I think the intent, like we said, like um, Stella always says, intention really matters. So, like, good vibes. Yeah, I think that's good. We want good vibes. We want, like, healing. And pink is the color. Pink is, like, the magic color. So It's revolutionary. Is that right? Is that okay. right? Okay. All right. Well, we'll... Um, and Rob's we'll... got some pink going on there, too. So you guys are pretty in tune there. I just want to say, Stella, that was an amazing point, though, about the frequencies and about the, um, what is scale shift. So mm-hmm. I agree that there might be not be contemporary, like, literature about the, like, harmonic scale for, like, the hertz for mu- contemporary music. But if you go back and look at the, like, more medieval things on musicology or the Sanskrit things, which is what I'm more familiar with, there is so much of the how the rajas that which is what the indian like the playing on the sitar they would compose these like crazy things and they use an eight scale model and mm-hmm. it's just so interesting how they understood that it could really influence human behavior human thoughts human emotions just like classical music i guess um i don't really love classical music myself but i mean for people that do it there's the waves the crescendos of emotion the catharsis at the end it's all there so i just think oh, that yes. there is something totally to what you're saying to the especially the scale and then making it like globalization like everybody has to be tuned in to the say that was an amazing point and just like the mama cast song i'm just i'm always reminded of mama cast because she was like a kazarian witch she the the you know the the age of aquarius that was her song right like and she sang that in front of like she's talking about the new world order and how it's like the blue turquoise shift and all of that but really it's the pink shift she just didn't know they just didn't tell her well, the th- yeah, exactly. Good points. And um, 
we already have the one universal language, and that is music. I mean, it's been <laughs> it's long probably before. I don't know. I'm not even going to capitulate, but it is a universal language. I mean, there there are people who cannot communicate who are quite happy to get up and dance together, um, no problem, and you, you fully understand mm-hmm. each other. Um, it is it is a vibrational frequency thing, and it's like it's just like the whole. You just know when you're not on the same frequency as someone, and it doesn't seem no matter what you do, you're just not going to be on that frequency because that person yeah. is not there to cross your path at this time, or they're there to show you something that you need to work on. So either way, they have a they have a purpose. But um, well, yes, you know, the I, music I... thing is uh, that is very much spell casting um, and ritualistic, and they know how to manipulate our cells. That right down, I mean, the cellular structure that's that's our DNA, that's our God given signed essence that's what they want (laughs) i i want to just kind of wrap up this topic um i totally agree that music is the universal language some people would try to have you think that math is the universal language but we all know that math is racist so um, there's mathematics in music i mean you go and look at all the different types of scales there's many many different scales some of them are harmonious to you and some are uh, provocative. Well, no, it is. It is all math. Um, so music's racist too. Awesome. Yeah, totally, totally. Bass. All right, well, Not all I'm black guys play, can boogie. I'm just gonna play this last minute and a half, um, and then I I want to kind of shift into a new topic, which I think is totally related, but like not 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 initially obviously uh, related. But anywho, here we go. How to protect yourself from secret spells. Once you are aware and cautious of the words you choose to use, then you will begin to protect yourself from negative energies. Start paying attention to the trickery behind words. Find the origins of a word, dissect its layers, and look at it from many different angles. The true intent and meanings of the word magically become noticeable in your mind. So next time you look up a definition of a word, do not only look at its face value, but also look at its origins, prefix, and suffix. This is very useful information for you to keep in mind and apply to the real world. Once you realize that magic is real and become aware of how an elite evil empire of dark magicians are using magic spells to control you, then their magic spells lose their effects. Your awareness is one of the most important spiritual powers that you have. Learn how to use it wisely, and the dark magicians will not be able to control you. To learn how to use the power of your awareness wisely, you need to learn the right knowledge. With the right knowledge, you can learn to use your energy in ways that you would never imagine to be possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, Magic is one word for it. That's the mm-hmm. word that was chosen there. But um, 
prayer is the same thing. It's just directing energy with intention. Well, directed energy, okay? This is kind of the tying of, of two things together. Um, I want to go from talking about how they manipulate the language to how they manipulate the weather. Because I think it's the same they, goddamn people doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you vibration. mean. Yeah, frequency. It's all frequency. It's all energy um, mm -hmm. and resonance. And that's what they're looking for. So I'd be curious. I'd be curious if any of you uh, watched this. I shared it in the chat. Um, there, this guy seems to be keeping close tabs. I watched quite a few of his videos, but he's keeping close tabs on geoengineering going around, you know, going on all around the world. I should say. Um, May I ask? Is this a guy from UK? No, this is this guy's got a pretty heavy like southern american accent and he cracks me up i jumped to a uh, particular section of this it's a 30 minute video i jumped it we're about halfway into it but um you can get an idea of what he's talking about apparently there was an event that happened about three years or i'm sorry three days ago uh, a very bizarre weather event that seems to be clearly like manipulated did any of y'all watch this? I shared it in both the Black Labs and in the WTF forum telegrams. I wasn't able to because I've got to watch it on my desktop and I haven't been at my mm. desktop much lately, but I did want to. And I think it's the guy I'm thinking of. Um, he's pretty sort of, he's sort of a little bit crazy sounding almost. He's a little crazy. He's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, getting fried, getting fried. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's yes. him. He, looks, okay. yeah, he yeah. looks Polish. Everybody Polish is crazy. You should know this by now. We're he like does that. look Polish. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's let's play a hand. Let's play look a little his, bit of this. name, Wizzy yeah, Whiskey uh, Rob D. Yeah, he's probably a Polak. Rob D. Rob okay, D that's yeah. him. Yes, he used to be Rob D. <laughs> yeah. on YouTube, but I think he got booted. Yeah, Whiskey Wee. Whiskey. -wee. I used to watch him heaps. Yeah. 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 <laughs> whiskey and brisky. <laughs> All right, here there we go. go. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a couple of minutes here. Um, this stuff is pretty bizarre. Chinese spy ship. Watch this. This big bastard here. And I've seen many images of this big ship parked up in Suva Bay with two other ones. And this is Chinese. Boy, did I get some devices. I think this is just going to give you some basic uh, information. And this is when I, it slipped into Auckland. I said, I said Southern accent. He's got more of like a Boston accent. Right. Look at the size of these suckers. One of them's got only three on it and a huge laser on the front and a big blaster up there. And you don't know what's inside that dome because you can't see it. Sometimes it's one of these and sometimes it's one of these. It was the best shot of this I get. Sometimes it's one of those. Right? All these, all these, all these components are individual blasters. Every one of these little squares is a small phased array. And they all work together. It'd be like putting a whole bunch of phones really high power next to each other, thousands and thousands of them, and then running them all at once, aimed at a certain direction, and you're getting an idea. And there's some screenshots I took earlier. Oh, shit. Why did I dive on here? Oh, to show you that. So this ship here is well, well known. And I suspect it 
and it did that part. So if China and USA are firing, are they firing at each other? Uh, or is a war game going on? I have to ask logical questions first, right? And try not to, I don't like to go full retard straight off the bat. Where was I dying to find that picture I seen earlier? Hey, Kate, if you're watching, pop it on here, the one that shows the big square uh, off Hawaii. It was, uh, wait, wait a minute, I should be able, to, I might be able to find it here. I apologize, it's a little bit, a little bit slow, but. Well, I should have had it pulled up. I'll show it later. I'll pop a picture of that square in the conversation here. And hi, everybody, for giving a fucking watching. This is an odd show. That's just a screen. That's just my profile picture. I don't need to see. Okay. Uh, so this is the spy ship. Did I give you a link today? Make sure it's still good. Yeah, I did good. Hey, I did good. All right. All right. Then now this is an image that I've got. So you've got Alaska's accident fired. We have an SBX radar that's fired. We have a ship down here that's fired. Only thing I'm missing here is Australia. I don't see you involved. Um, this went right over Blenheim. And so it's very possible Blenheim is involved as well because it has a harp field uh, right behind those domes over there uh, over the, where the grape fields are. Yeah, yeah I've been there. It chased out of there, actually. Now, this is uh, the beam is just ending right here. Now, look how long this went on for. Now, that's also important. Now, you're going to hear all these excuses about space event, this, that, that. And I call it a lot because I told you they were going to have to move some moisture. They're going to need a big beat. This one's back. This one up this way. This one's bunched that one up that way. This one here has actually now gotten hold of this one here from that beam. So I'm going to run it. Let's run it again. Now, what did it do? Right? That's what we asked next. It's going on a slope. Boom. That one fired first. We've got this moisture under control. Reaver goes across the Pacific and then it gets matched by two different beams. It's a quake maker. It's also going to, if I don't tell you what, if Kilauea over here don't start fountaining, I'd be so shocked because of the amount of energy that's just reverberating up and down through the atmosphere over the top of this island itself is not going to be good. And they've added localized NEXRADs, which I showed you on that other card site. Right? Bam! What are frying efficient chips today, folks? Frying efficient chips. Yeah, it went. It's absolutely a huge amount of space. Now, this thing went on far. Let's start it here. I want to do the times. Because, you know, Australian part of the Pacific ain't always facing. Uh, no, that's more the the sun for that amount of time all right this is when the first tickle showed up that's the tickle moment all right we're over here on the 29th at 12 o'clock right so let's run this 12 29 12 o'clock last tickle still there right i'll call that last tickle 18. it's uh 18 hours that this beam was operating. The planet would have rotated. Every It would be everywhere if it was if the sun was just on a big boat. It's not. It's impossible for it to have been a sun event. It's impossible. There's too much distance involved and it would not have been, you would have been stationary aimed at the sun the whole time, just getting blasted by solar wind and all this from the coronal hole that's facing us. And they made some mistakes on their solar images as well. One, they forgot to shake the camera. And one, they shook it too much. And then they forgot to move the proton flux up on the feeds and show me that there had been an indication that there had been a blast. And one image didn't even have, of the actual sun didn't even show the white dot you usually see when there's a, a, an X flare. So, Okay, I want to pause. Good call, Stella Q, on speeding it up.
because yeah, it was a little slow, but he's a really funny guy. You almost just gotta like bear with him. Um but he's he's describing, you know, for the listener, he's describing this image that we're seeing of a series of kind of multiple beams that are being illustrated on some sort of weather radar. And the implication being these are radio waves that are being projected from a source or some some type of energy wave. I don't want to say radio necessarily. You know, this is where my knowledge is of no use. So I'm going to pause and maybe maybe Rob can kind of like fill in the blanks for us, if you will, or anybody. Multimodal waves. So one of the things they've been pushing lately is the use of laser platforms on a satellite. And what they do is they use a combination of microwave and laser energy to cause something called an avalanche cascade effect, or they sometimes they just call it an avalanche effect. And what that does is that allows them to direct lightning in a way that it doesn't really look like lightning. And oftentimes, supposedly, it's not supposed to have the same amount of damage when it finally hits the earth that regular lightning that was not guided would have, right? And the idea being that that way then they can actually sort of drain off some of the energy in these in these weather fronts in an effort to either, number one, steer them, or number two, kind of dampen the energy that they release when they finally do come to land. Yeah, these, I'm, I'm coming to understand it's all about nudges. They're, they're trying to nudge yeah. the weather. Or pimp slap the the weather as it was sure, in the high enough. Sure. They just back they just backhanded that bitch and said, "Get back in line," and it didn't happen. So, hundred mile an hour you know. winds. Here you go. Yeah, there you go. Look what you got now, dumbass. You know. Oh yeah, you didn't get any rain, but it turned into wind because they didn't understand how the how that particular front was releasing its energy at the time. Mm -hmm. Dumbasses. Anyway. I believe, uh... I believe my area, as long as as well as many others, but I can only say from what I'm experiencing, has been under some kind of um, testing for uh, quite a bit, but especially lately. Um, they really hammered us last Thursday, whenever it was that Kissinger finally was announced to have left the planet. Yeah, that's another story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A lot of weird things happened that day, in and around yeah. that day, that kind I of cycled around. Surprised. Let me play the mysterious music for a second. Look, look right, here we go. Please do. <laughs> it was the day that Kissinger left the planet. Oh. We had all been waiting for this day for a fucking century. And he finally, poke, 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 poke. Oh, goody gumdrop. He's gone. <laughs> Oh. But then I, I have no doubt that uh, he <laughs> he uh, left some instructions <laughs> as soon as I'm gone. This is like in twice, twice. Oh, um, I'm sure. Speed. As soon then, as then I'm gone, the release the hellhounds. <laughs> that's right. If we're, and that's if, exactly yeah, what, what's what they that one did. place in the middle of nowhere that we were talking about last time? It wasn't Point Doom. It was uh, the other point that's in the point middle Nemo. of nowhere where Zoth the Mog. Nemo, that's right. Nemo, yes. Nemo where Zoth the Mog lives. Yes. yes. Release Zoth the Mog and let him take <laughs> over with his giant flatworms. Uh, totally, totally. 
He's, he's, been, he's been at the heartbeat and pulse of nearly everything nefarious. Well, just about everything nefarious for at least yeah. 100 years. Who knows how many times this thing has been replaced. He possibly could have been the Antichrist. Who knows? <laughs> Let well, me just say, recycle because... Zothamog was supposedly able to grant his minions extended life. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, who makes a perfect vampire? Who makes a perfect vampire? Heinz. His wife. That's right. You. (laughs) (laughs) I've only lived in the United States for 60 years, and I cannot get rid of this crazy, crazy accent. Ah. You know, know, I know for a fact that Ando has a bit of a different take on on Kissinger's death, I'd I'd let him. Uh... Well, he's my ass. I I don't think uh, that we get to celebrate. It's just you know he lived to a hundred. He accomplished all of his goals, um, and True. it was kind of kind of Chad to live on to the very end and piss off both sides. Like yeah, I mean I I would say that that almost everybody hates the guy. Um, yeah, uh, then. Afterwards, because of all the conflict going on, and you know where, we get to hear all of his best quotes, and it's like, man, I, you know, he said some pretty base shit, and I'm like, you know, so it's it's a weird place to be for me right now. They took it away from me. They are you, took are it you away Missinger, from me. The Kissinger? <laughs> Not really. I would just like to hear a little bit. I would like to hear a little bit more of his rant on on the Jays. I mean, he uh, was a, he was he was one, but yes, uh, but right. the, he did. Uh, weird about he it. did well, yeah, the, he, it was a traitor germ, to his own people. That's because mm, those kind of Jays don't give a fuck about themselves or um, no. German other. Jews don't like Russian Jews. That's he was a certain type of Soros yeah. Jew, as it that's were. That's right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. the ones that are currently in might or might not be in certain positions of power. Yes. Well, we can't talk about that anymore because it's now illegal. So because they whatever. own everything, that's why. Yes. Well, let they me... totally own everything. Everything. That's why you need to quit, quit talking about them. See. Let me just jump in and say that I think that we can celebrate his death. I, but I agree with Ando that I do think the dissident right wing, like people on Twitter, like who are very usually sometimes very amusing and very good political takes, sometimes they definitely muddied the waters with that one by doing like base quotes from Kissinger. But let's like seriously. Uh, let's, no, let's... it was it was the the hand ringers. You know, the grobblers, they're sitting there yeah. and they're like, he said this bad stuff about us. He's a bad man. And I was like, oh, he's kind of cool, man. Now, so <laughs> I just I mean, he did like engineer like a, a genocide in Laos and like, you know, and other things. So, yeah, we, yeah, no, had, I'm I, you know, we I'm, just be I'm not taking away from that. No, no, no. no he's, but he's a I, he's a fucking evil fuck. But yeah, I mean, and they were using the word. And, yeah, just like some really, just like you know, it's okay. Like, yes, I agree, but I think that they do that on purpose. I think they say yes, that say base shit or whatever, and they say it sounds cool in the moment, but like they do it. It's all intentional. It's all on purpose. Even him dying at a hundred, uh, one is the Kabbalah number for Kath, like it's like going to the crown. I mean, it's all like it's all it's so fucked up. I mean, it's really like yeah. And is he really dead? If- uh, okay, thank you. I was just about to say, do we want to sit back here and pretend that uh, on that particular date, 
that he was announced to be dead because I think that was just, you know. I mean, there's two, there's, okay, I was, have two points of view here. One is that it was kept for the right date because that all works in with that, the little rituals. Yes. It's silly little rituals. Wait, it's 33 forward and 322 backward, right? Something like there that. There was, and the 333rd day of the year. I mean, come That's on. That's it. Come yeah, on. and then 2023 is 322. Yeah. The backwards. other thing is that he wanted to get to this date for similar reasons, but he actually did and said, okay, at, I don't know, 3.33 maybe, give me an injection because I want to go nice and peacefully. You know, I mean, none of us want somebody who's created so much, you know, basically bathed in human blood. It's not just on his hands. He took daily baths in it, drank it, pissed it, everything that was human blood, you know. Um, so... There's that, and uh, none of us want to see a nice, peaceful passing. I mean, we we all know oh, he's he's I not going to be in a peaceful place now. He's he's at the right hand side of his master, and uh, it's not going to be <laughs> what he thought it was going to be. So, Hello. I wonder what his husband thinks. Have Have you seen <laughs> Henry Kissinger's wife? It's a man, baby. What's really funny about that too <laughs> is that Kissinger used to be quite the playboy, uh, in, and get around wow. with like a lot of uh, a lot of like you know, fancy women and, you know, he settled on a man. Bought and paid for. I guarantee yeah. it. Bought and paid oh, yeah, for definitely. He, he's yeah. the one that said power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. That was his word. Legend so, in his yeah. own lunchbox. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but a munchkin lunchbox because he was a munchkin, so. But not a... <laughs> a munchkin. Is but there something more to that? Are, are we... We're, uh, like... You know, I mean, he was really short. Oh. I don't know. Maybe there was. Maybe he had like a magic penis. I have no idea. Oh, no. I just thought there might have been a little culture of actual munchkins that I hadn't actually heard of apart from Smurfs. I, I mean, I never know what's <laughs> going to come out of you, Jin. So I just don't know. It's worth asking. Uh, a tribe of blood drinking goblins. Um, anyway. Yeah, um, <laughs> there their king. Perfect. Goblin. Yeah, king. probably. Um, Oh, yeah, well, now we have man. we have Blinken. We're stuck with Blinken now, and that's you know like he he's never going to be a Kissinger. Um, I mean that's a good thing, but he's probably going to be worse. It's going to be like like instead of like shooting and and you know just causing wars all over the place, he's going to cause like dildos all over the place or something. <laughs> oh, he's so bad. Like so, he's even worse. I would say in a way because he. Like, Kissinger had, like, some kind of suave thing going on, exactly like what you guys said, like, you know, dating starlets and all that stuff. There's something very, like, you know, 60s, 70s about that. But, like, the other, the one right now, he has nothing. He just, like, looks like a total, like, evil, like, black eyes. Just Blobfish. Not... Yeah. Yep. And sorry to offend Blobfish, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe he's a giant flatworm. <laughs> yeah and he's just a fat flatworm because he consumed humans well certainly a parasite i think we can all agree on that yeah um yeah, so the the, reason enters <laughs> somebody pointed out that he was fat <laughs> until he died and that's that's pretty amazing for somebody uh, it was jcd i believe it was uh um yeah it was yeah so jcd says that he was fat until he died and that's pretty amazing for somebody to live a hundred, you know, like, have you seen even people in their eighties and nineties, they wither up and he didn't. So, I mean, he 
it's definitely fed well off of adrenochrome. Sipping sipping yeah. that baby blood, baby. Yep. 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 Locke has flavored with adrenochrome. I'm I'm tempted to say let's take it back to geoengineering, but uh fi- <laughs> final thoughts on, on Kissinger before we jump back into it. All together. One, two, three. Kiss our ass. Oh, I was going to go ding dong, the witch is dead. But yeah, that's that. Too. We did that for RB, RBG. So, oh, yeah. anywho. Uh, oh, I think it was for, uh, what's her name? Uh, Feinstein. But Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So let's just give him a, a big old rust and piss. And, uh, but I mean, really, I mean, he, <laughs> he did everything he ever wanted to do. And that's yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it, it, yeah you're you right. Know, that's it's not really something to celebrate. You're right. Yeah. Left a legacy, that's for sure. Yeah. Both yeah. legs. The the new world order, and we get to live in it while he's out of it. Well, let's probably, uh, let's let's take it back to our favorite. Let's take it back to our favorite Polish weatherman. Um, <laughs> you know, I like this one point two five speed. This is useful. I actually told you this was going to happen. I said they're going to need a big beam uh, to manipulate the river of moisture to do their weather plan, right? Start forcing this down towards Queensland and here through this corridor over Papua. Whammo. And then I said, even on my video, I said, oh, so I guess I'm going to say there's going to be a solar mass ejection flare thing, right? So I call the X flare because I know they're lying as ex- Uh-oh. Is it frozen for y'all? Not hearing anything. Silent. Hmm. Yeah. Hold on. Excuses, because they're a bunch of fucking liars. Our government. God damn. Liars, our government. Gee, what an excellent. He's just getting good. He's just starting to get good. God damn it. Hang on, I'm gonna refresh. Hashtag fucking liars, our government. Oh shit. Man, that's kind of a buzzkill. My one complaint about Rumble is it does this kind of bullshit to me all the time. Yes, it does. I know. I keep this is okay. This is a constant. While you find that, I'm going to have a gripe. This is my yeah. constant gripe about these bloody platforms. Uh, Rockfin's another one. Odyssey. Okay, I'm probably repeating myself. So very quick gripe. Um, they should be a lot further along by now. YouTube fucking has it together. Like you cannot mm-hmm. pick any. Well, I can't pick many faults in YouTube. It always runs smoothly. It's instant. It always brings you back, doesn't it? You know, um, but even though it's almost unbearable now because there's so many AI channels with AI videos and AI blah, blah, blah. But if you know what to look for, um, that's the only reason that I sort of tend to come back to YouTube and I don't pay for any of them. So I am on the piggybacking on my son's red YouTube, so I don't get the ads, but uh, that was his idea, not mine. But no, um, yeah, Rockfin sort of went from $10 to $15 um lately but i didn't see any improvements so um that was a bit cheeky i thought it's a very clunky app i will say as someone who pays to use it rockfin Mm. i'm not saying i don't like it i'm just saying it's a very clunky app for that's exactly what i'm saying too yep it's good i love the idea and the concept but i just would have expected them to be a bit further along by now with their software developers you know they've got the whole freaking world at their feet to choose from how come it's still so clunky you know what's the answer 
Yeah. I want to know. No, this is frustrating. It's totally not cooperating right now. Rumble, I, I love you, but sometimes, man. It's because we it's because of, of Dave Rubin. I'm just well just say that because <laughs> and, oh, and we talked about Kissinger and all of that. So I think I think it's like the curse. The curse of the tribe. I do wonder how many of them may have a little bit of control hand in there. I mean, you know, it's a perfect little place, isn't it, to get it. Same with, you know, all social media, really. But um, I don't know. Hard to trust anybody. Got to get our own server. (laughs) No shit. I can help with that. Uh, Some of you guys might not know, but I was actually working on an update for one of the platforms and I shall uh, leave that platform nameless. Um, however, uh, I had a bunch of patents I was working on, including uh, uh, the ability of it to be able to monitor individuals who are watching the show and take uh, statistical analysis and things like that of when people rustled or moved their phone or whatever. It had, all kinds, had all kinds of cool feedback shit, but the most of all, the UI didn't suck ass. They all seem to suck ass so badly now. And if they're not sucking ass, they're glitchy. And if they're not glitchy, they're sucking ass. There's no in between. It's mm-hmm. just the only one that seems to got it down is it's YouTube. So, yeah. Yep, that's yep. because and that's her. where they want you to be in that pool. Yep. Where if you Probably. trust me, if you if you search chemtrails on YouTube, you're not going to find much. You're not going to find much of any more at all. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the case with a lot of it, subjects, though. So you've just got to be a little bit savvier with being, like, to the yeah. point of um, whenever I see something that might be referred to in another video and they show it, I just take a screenshot because you have to get that title exactly right sometimes mm-hmm. down to a commoner, uh, uh, sorry, a comma and a, or a space or a apostrophe or what have you. If you don't put that in, it won't show up. So it's getting very, very specific now, those little algorithms. It's very annoying. Same with Google. Google's the exact same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's seen uh, Jimmy. What's his name? Does Jimmy ancient Dorf? history? No, 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 no. Uh, he does ancient oh. history. Oh gosh. Oh, Jimmy Corsetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Sorry. yes, Jimmy Corsetti. Oh. He same. did. Um, he normally does like a lot of ancient Egypt stuff, but he actually, when he sort of, I guess, started waking up, and I don't. 100% trust him, but then I don't 100% trust anyone. But anyway, he did a couple of videos on how different Google searching was now. And like, it's a little bit of a tedious video to sit through. You could put it on double speed for a while, but he shows the point in real time of how um, a lot of things just kind of run out after, I don't know, 10, 14 pages, what have you. But most people don't persist right through. It's almost like you've reached the end of the internet, <laughs> which is like unheard of, but so it basically what it does is shows how controlled it has become. And I know Monica Perez tends to her, I think her date of like when the internet changed was, it was Valentine's day. And I think it was, uh, 2018 from memory might've been 2017. So for whatever reason that was, that I can't remember, but yeah, no, it used to be, you could search pretty much anything you could think of. And it would be like page one of, 22,322 pages yeah. of results Millions and of, like yeah. and the best results were in the first two or three pages now like there's nothing mm-hmm. it's crazy 
But then that's the way it was sort of designed, wasn't it? It was never really, I don't think, designed as a freedom tool. That's mm. just how it looked. But, you know, it was a DARPA design. Let's remember that. And um, it wasn't, you know, Edward Ferns, Ber Bernie Ferns, what's his name? Berners-Lee, Edward Berners-Lee, who got the um, credit for sort of inventing mm. the internet. But it was an intranet to start with, which got converted. But it's always been a government-controlled thing. So why yeah. would they ever allow... You know, if they allow it, then it's not real, just like voting. Which, which might be part of why Rumble and Rockfin and things don't work so good. Exactly, they, my point. They is. might, they might be under constant attack. Yes. Um, I think that we're good to go on this video. Let me see if it'll play. Um, but again, this guy, I think, paints kind of an interesting picture of this event. That, like I said, this was just a few days ago. Uh, audio. Raytheon, you know, the technologies of the, theirs that fry people in front of the state house in Australia. Yeah, isn't there a colonel you guys love that was involved with Raytheon? I mean, maybe he can give us inside information if he's really on our side. Colonel Mustard or something. I don't know what his name is. Anyways. Ooh, look at the big blast. I'm telling you, you guys have ships out here blasting. You have land-based devices blasting. And that's what I get to really say uh, about the beam. Africa's got the best share of it when I grew him back, is to see the whole world. 18 hours that that beam was operation. 18 hours. Look at the shot went up in the Atlantic here and it manipulated this band here. It's going to cause fuckery. They did whammo blast right over here. It came out of Africa. And this is interesting. Now, was the sea bit, was the ice cube detector involved? I got to say it's within range of this side of the beam. Right? When I come down here, it's, uh, Nearly points at it. Nearly points at it. I know I have to know where these neutrino detectors are and all sorts because they're EMF devices as well. They'll give a big old EMP blast, right? Um, the device for the C, uh, for the uh, ice cube detector, everybody talks about, is way over here. There's two Chinese bases, one here and one over here down by the pole. If I got to say, correct myself. It, uh, you have a blaster over here, which is one of the Chinese bases. I know this. Okay, so this is like China and USA cooperating to make a big beam, or they're doing they're beaming weather warfare on each other, and this is evidence of it. So either they're cooperating, or every, there's a big plan, and we're just being played. We're going to beam straight over here to the river of moisture out here, and they're going to give a big problem over here to this coastline. The beam they did is going to fuck these people over through here. Terrible total slated for them. Uh, the earthquake risk for any of the islands and any of the countries, these beams just went over the top of is high. New Zealand, yours is uh, super high. Hawaii, yours is super high. And it's going to stay that way for about 56 hours or so. Which be, I'm trying to figure which feed I want. Right? But this sucker went right over the top of you, right over the comedic trench, right over this whole landmass that's under the water. It's just a wet landmass. It's just a shape like a pork chip. It is. It comes down here like that. So that's fired, that's fired, that's fired, that's fired. A big square down here by Invert Call and a line here could very well be uh, Invert Call's uh, super darn radar firing. And we have some action down here from the bases at the poles, which are lots of stuff there that we're not sure. We're not known about by us because we're not allowed to go there. So I hope that kind of helps you guys out. And I'm going to give you guys a quick look, a live look at what the heck is going on. There's the, there's the images that were sent to me this morning of more demons coming out here. And these are red risks of showers and stuff. And that's the one that was provided, but I don't have the original link. So he goes back over here, he comes over here, and he goes, hiya, hiya, darn. Doodle cock and fucking do, motherfuckers. 
doodle cock and fucking do motherfuckers i you know i like this guy okay i'm gonna i'm certainly gonna put the link in the show notes and i recommend people like watch his videos yeah um this is actually the second of three that he does on this event and um i know like i don't know it's it's a little bit wordy or well not wordy it's a little uh sporadic we'll say i but think he's, he's a newfie I think he might be a is, newfie. Yeah. He has a very newfie accent. And obviously mm -hmm. I'm not from like um, Newfoundland, but I do kind of find that that's what it reminds me of. And just before we carry on, he's about to um, show us some visuals from windy.com, which I highly recommend because it's an excellent app. And, uh, you know, basically we've got the BOM, B-O-M, which is the Bureau of Meteorology here. And they're, and they're bullshit. Or uh, you can go to Windy and get much more of an actual idea of what's going on. And it has lots of different views. Like you can just look through lots of different satellites and blah, blah, blah. All, well, yeah, the, he gets, all the bells and whistles. He gets into satellite imagery. Like mostly we've been looking at radar. Um, but he, he starts talking about chem bombs and chemtrails here towards the oh, end. Yeah. And um, that's kind of where we're getting with this. I'm sure I'm not alone, but uh, it seems to me that there have been a lot of people reporting increased chemtrail activity all over the place. And I, I personally, up until basically like, I don't know, yesterday or, well, not yesterday, a few days ago, uh, I was still kind of on the fence when it came to chemtrails, right? What's a chemtrail? What's, what's a contrail? You know, I try not to be too quick to judge, but as of just a few days ago, I I'm sold, man. I like, it, this shit's happening. Yeah. Um, anyone who might be on the fence, I really, really urge you and invite you to go to climateviewer.com. Jim Lee. Uh, he is, he is where the the other, you know, cloud seeders, and I'm not saying fully a hundred percent, but they get a lot of information from Jim and then sort of work it into their own <laughs> and don't really get, he doesn't get a lot of credit, but he's the man. Okay. He's been around for a long time. He's got He's also a programmer. You, I believe, used to be a hacker. So he really knows what he's doing. As far as um, it's a really good website, very easy to find. He's just revamped the whole thing, and um, yeah, I mean, he's really had his finger on the pulse of all this for for many years and been trying to raise the alarm and also been very proactive in trying to bring accountability into the whole thing because there is absolutely zero accountability. Um, since he started, there has been a little bit more, you know, in a pseudo fashion brought in, but you know, <laughs> old farmer Joe down the road, he can build an ion, an ion generator if he wants to, that's powerful enough to have an effect. And you mix that up with a whole bunch of other people doing their own thing. I mean, how can you control that? And I'm not saying there should be more control. Just people need to learn. This should be education that is out there so that people understand what the hell is going on. But obviously they want to hide it. Because that's climate change, right? You bloody conspiracy theorist, shut up. So I, um, <clears throat> everyone knows that I am not as studied on this. It's just not my area that I'm really interested in. Um, not that it's not important, but my take has kind of been like, mm, okay, I know they're doing it and I just don't necessarily pursue it. Uh, so I'm not arguing here. But what I wanted to add was that the suspicious observer space weather news guy, um, 
said cloud seeding with salts and water vapor are still not ideal and I don't like them, but they're fully different from chemtrails. Chemtrails are the scary chemicals and must be released in the stratosphere where you cannot see the plane at such height. If you see the plane, it's not chemtrails. Um, again, I'm not arguing, but I thought that was an interesting you know, just an interesting thought from him. He, so I guess he thinks that the tic-tac-toe game that we see in the sky is just cloud seeding. Um, again, not arguing, but I just wanted to, to make that point, you know, that there are some people that are saying that. I used to be in an airplane a lot and, uh, and they put you up above the clouds for a good portion of that. So I'd say that that that's the perfect position to be in if you're trying to get the clouds to do different things. I believe there, yes, there are certain elevations for certain purposes. It depends what it is they're trying to do. Are they trying to stop rain? Are they trying to create rain? Are they trying to rob, rob rain? Are they trying to create wind? Are they trying to create cool temperatures, hot temperatures? It just depends what they're trying to do. I believe contrails tend to be between 10 and 14,000 feet. Correct me if I'm wrong. That might have been the chemtrails. But one of them um, is where it sort of basically has to be. Um, so it just depends. And um, I think I shared that thing. There was a pilot that, or an ex-pilot blowing the whistle um, on the fact that pilots who are involved in these projects know exactly what they're doing. They know it's yeah, not like yeah. the pilots aren't. Yeah. Um, if yeah, that was worth. Watching. I saw. I saw. It I think I saw what you're watch. talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it was a hard watch because the AI um, captions didn't quite get the right words, <laughs> and it was hard to understand what he was saying because his voice was just had been disguised. So it was a very I, difficult listen. But there was some very interesting information, and it definitely crosses over with stuff I've seen. Shame about the Q stuff, but it was only a minute. I assume that they, they don't know what they're doing, that it's just part of a fuel additive or a diesel exhaust fluid that, that, you know, I mean, they give us diesel exhaust fluid. We could be, we could be doing the same thing down here with our trucks. Mm -hmm. And I uh, thought about the same fucking thing, Ando. I did. It yeah. Depends. I, and, good. It depends on the mission as well, I guess, because there's going to be certain equipment for certain things. So, yeah, you might be right that some of those things might not be, you know, it might be just something that it happens as a result of their flight. But there's there's also things where the transducer itself gets, the software is altered, so it doesn't, it doesn't give off whatever it is that the domestic level type frequency gets from a transducer in every single plane and every single flight. And there's a code involved, which is unique to every single flight. And uh, there's a bit of fuckery going around with all that sort of business so that you know you get the apps like um flight radar or something. i can't remember the names of them now but you can basically look at every single plane that's in the air at the time you can see their flight paths etc etc all the info names of the flight of the plane uh but if the transducer is programmed reprogrammed it won't show up on those those apps and even the military stuff shows up on those apps except for you know one or two, obviously, or <laughs> well, most. Super black stuff doesn't show up. Uh, yeah, I've had a few instances like that recently. FBI doesn't show up. Uh, anybody that's using um, hailstorms or stingrays doesn't show up. Oh, Vegas, anybody? Anybody? Vegas? Yeah. Yeah, of course they're not going to show us that sort of stuff. Um... 
Well, I just want to say, sorry, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Just that salt and water vapor are extremely important in medieval alchemy and like as points of transmutation of matter. And like, uh, so I just will say that like for, you know, just to bring it from our discussion about words of spells, you know, yes, we have these complex scientific ways to describe like what they're doing with chemtrails and stuff, but like literally they base everything off of like partial alchemical formulas, magical formulas as well. So even if they are, and I agree with Ashley, I agree with the thing she, she posted that it's, you know, that they might just be doing these like littler works, but there's something very alchemical. It's, it's some, I'm noticing something about it. It's just, there's something that speaks to me about it. That seems very magical, especially when we, you know, I don't know where everybody falls on the space conversation, but I, I kind of like think of it as like a supernal waters or like a firmament. So I, I definitely think there's something there. That's just my opinion. Well, salt is important. I mean, even biblical, they refer to the salt of the earth, um, etc. But with cloud brightening, that's how they do the cloud brightening is they, it all sounds very harmless. They did it over the, well, they're probably still doing it, I think, over the, Great Barrier Reef because they, we were told that the Barrier Reef was dying and uh, it was all climate change, global warming back then. Uh, but they've continued this myth um, and they are spraying salty type stuff into the air. And uh, believe me, like I'm not very far south of that area as far as geographically goes. And I swear to you, it's so hard to look at the clouds now. They're not, you know, they're so bright and so white and they, it hurts like more than ever. <laughs> I don't think it's my eyes because, you know, I mean, I've diminished a little bit in time, but no, it's, it's, you know, mum says the same thing. People around are saying the same thing. It's hard to look at the sky now. It's so white and the same with the sun as well. Lots of people talk about that, how it's so much whiter than it used to be. It was sort of more yellowy when, you know, maybe that's because we've cleaned up our act with pollution. Who knows? But, um, it's a common thing. Well, I've salt. heard recently. Um, it may it may come up in the next clip, but um, apparently UVC, like UVA and UVB, are more or less what hit the Earth, if I'm not mistaken. But recently, UVC has been coming through. You would have to, con- you know, you'd have to confirm that. I don't know. I'm kind of talking out of my ass. Well, I also am, but I wanted to chime in that if the suspicious observers or the space weather guy, whatever, if what he's saying is true, and obviously I don't know that it is, you know, that our, that we're going to have this magnetic pole shift coming up by say 2040 is kind of what he says. And then that in the interim, the magnetic fields that protect us from the sun are weakening so that's why you're seeing do do you remember it went kind of viral the red aurora borealis that was over ukraine and people were like huh um i don't think that's nothing by the way i don't think that's nothing because ukraine is spiritually significant i think and Mm. and also the fact that in ukraine and in gaza there have been orthodox churches that have been destroyed so i don't think all that's 
meaningless, but basically that in normal circumstances, you should not, it should be very rare for you to see a red Aurora Borealis. And only because of the weakening magnetic fields, are you able to see them and as far down as you see them. So um, just wanted to, to throw that out there, but <clears throat> also with a caveat that the, obviously a, a lot of this stuff is so far over my head, I, you know, I think that the red is also like a harbinger because I know it means something very specific in like Tantra as far as like the end of the world, not end of the world. I'm not saying that that's what it means. I'm just saying that it signifies a great change in the Yuga or the great change in the Kalpa, like a change of the Aeon that we live in. So I, I also think that they manipulate that personally i think that they do signs and symbols like show like revelation kind of like not of the method but just revelations of certain things so definitely people think oh this is like happening it's like a great calamity or great catastrophe but then also maybe they are real and maybe like things are changing in the cosmos but that's not necessarily bad either but i do think that they definitely play that stuff up for sure hey that's a good point i mean it could be almost like in a way Project Bluebeam, right? Or part of Project Bluebeam. And we know that per earlier, we were talking about language and, and keeping people docile and programmable and hypnotizable. Um, so we know that, well, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I was just um, say I've been that... saying about the Project Bluebeam thing for a while now. I don't believe any of these Aurora things are real. I think it's Project Bluebeam personally. Yep. Um, I think it's practicing and I think that the contrails are partly forming a screen on the clouds so that the projections that they are screwing with uh, have a very visible effect. That's my take. They're, they're talking about like a, a haze at the poles that's developing and, um, and aluminum popping up in the soil like where it shouldn't be deep in forests that are nowhere near like aluminum processing facilities, smelters, what have you. Um, and supposedly that, you know, this like very, very small aluminum particles. This is one of the main ingredients, right? I'm not probably saying anything you guys don't already know. Um, that's interesting, though, compared when we we're talking about the salt chemtrails, because yeah. aluminum can be substituted as a metal of mercury. So instead of using like quicksilver, which is usually the alchemical metal of mercury, you can also use aluminum. That's so I, I find that interesting just to bring it back to like alchemy in the skies. Well, and it's a neurotoxin. It's not good. Oh, I, I did remember. So um, sorry. <laughs> But maybe maybe it's just as like we're talking about, if it's Project Bluebeam and it's to to help the fear narrative, essentially, because as we know, we saw through COVID that fear keeps people following absurd things and believing in and makes them more programmable and docile. So maybe the the end of the world imagery is part of that. Well, the fear is the ultimate goal that they have to keep keep recycling and keep active because if they lose the fear over the people they lose control over the people clearly but um 
they are going to be producing a whole bunch of things with Project Blue Beam, which will deceive even the, even the elect, and that is including some sort of an apocalypse that may look different to one person as opposed to the next, depending on their belief system. Uh, that appears to be where it is heading as far as mind control goes. Um, and they're setting the scene. It's quite clearly they have the technology to do this. We're just watching it happen. Yeah. And part of me is wondering, though, is like, how how are they going to get us? Because we don't believe anything. <laughs> like, we we know if it's in, like, the mainstream that we know it's manufactured, right? Yet we're still Stick looking at gay. certain things going, oh, maybe this is true. So that's how they're going to get us. Until we just go, it's all crap. And whatever they show us is crap. And we have to get to that 100% crap mode. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's still, and it's, you know, it's human, I suppose. There's always still that, that little bit of hope that you want to have in certain things. But I think personally, when it comes down to the really pointy bit, there's only going to be, you have faith in this or that. There's only going to be two choices. That's how I think it's heading. Well, you know, I, I remained skeptical, like I said, till very recently, but I just went ahead and jumped to the last like you know couple minutes here. Um, he shows a couple images that I found to be compelling, um, particularly of like concussion, you know, signs of concussion, like what he calls chem bombs. You see a line of storms go. Oh, that's a big storm front, and I look at it from above and go, "My God, that's toxified sky! My God." They're poisoning the planet. My God, would you look what they're doing to you? Look how your money's being spent. Or is it just all private corporation money being spent? Because it's not supposed to be doing SRM yet. It is not litigated. We did not get consent. Like the watch dial here. What time is it, folks? It's time for some change. What, you got an aircraft carrier here or something? There's a great big V in this guy. Remember V? The movie? It is right. It's not time to be anonymous anymore. It's time to be a person that's real, that is alive, and acts like it. And actions speak louder than words. One of those, so they're right behind you with the manifest. You know, you're pushing something that's too heavy. Someone might come along and help you push. But if you ain't pushing at all, that car's just going to sit there. Brookstead, look at the big crap square over to you. But from a distance, it might not look like that at all. See, from what it looked like from a distance, I'd have to go here. My gosh, look at this. I can get a view of this. Doodles and taco doodlings and doings. Where exactly am I? Right about here. This one will probably give you the best view. It's an airport. All right, let's see what you have. Is it nighttime near you guys? It's just sunrise here. See, from a distance, when you look at them, you can't tell that it's all that crap. It's very, it just looks like line after line after row after row of crap. And these ain't even round supercells. Look at that edges right there. Because when I look at it from above, it looked far from that. Yeah, I, I do love these cameras. It, it allows me to really leave my room. Let's look the other direction. Let's see. What was here today? Yeah, from a distance, you might think that's a round supercell, but it's all lean and wrong. They all got these towers in and they're square. Not pretty to look at, not pretty at all. It's not nice, is it? When, you, when you're looking up and you see all these toxins across this nation over here, 
the peaceful population of animals out here. Damn sure didn't ask for it. Spar formation combined here. Boom, boom, boom. In a line here. Boom, 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 boom. What a fucking shame. I'm going to wake up now or you're going to wake up dead. Either way, whether you believe in this stuff or not, it can kill you anyhow. EMF wave farms go into your body. Toxins falling out. What you spray over here is going to fall over there. There ain't a country on this planet that ain't spraying you. Not one. There's not one country in this world that ain't frying you. You may not see it coming out of a plane. It could have come out of a balloon or other high-level atmospheric deployment platform for their payloads. But somebody's getting paid while we're getting loaded. Can I interject? Look at this. Sir. I've been watching the radar over Australia for a couple of years now, consistently taking mm. lots of screenshots. Mum and I both do it. She's a bit of a weather freak too. And we're always pointing things out to each other. It's like, oh, there's that thing again. Oh, yeah, yeah, there it is. Um, there are consistent spots that have what he calls, you know, boom, boom, boom. They're like little cloud bombs. They're always, always in the same spot. And there are certain things that are always in the same spot. There's radar anomalies, which I've been laughed at for asking questions about, but they're consistent. And then it's, it's look, I, 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 it looks like pinball. That's what it looks like to me. If you step right back, these little radar anomalies, it's almost like nudging, like we talked about before. Nudging, it's like pinball, nudging the ball towards, you know, nudging the weather towards this particular target. And, you know, how many times does it turn out that I sort of watch these things and then all of a sudden, you know, down the southeast or something, there's a huge weather event, you know, massive electrical storms, etc. You start to notice patterns when you look at it <laughs> consistently. And uh, it's almost to the point now I'm sort of over looking at it consistently because it is so consistent. It's like, oh, yeah, I can see those clouds. Look at the weather anomaly. I can pretty much check what's going to come in the next couple of days. Not 100% accurate, but it seems to be patterns. And the other weird, really weird thing that's happened lately, after I heard about an explanation it started to make sense, is these odd days that we get where it feels like all of a sudden, and I'm talking like within... I don't know, minutes, half an hour, you just sort of notice all of a sudden the oxygen levels just seem to get sucked. It's like they're really low and it's hard to, you know, get a really decent breath. Um, and it usually only lasts for a little while, but then some weather happens after that and stuff. And it has been attributed to possibly linked with 5G, but that's just a conspiracy theory. It's like, you know, so shut up. So I'm not sure what they're doing. There's also lots and lots of reports of people waking up around about three o'clock in the morning in the sweats and hum humid and having very broken sleeps. And it's always around about three o'clock in the morning. And even my mum told me that and she listens to ABC radio, which is like government. So that was weird that so she gets these callers, you know, coming in at three in the morning, whatever she hears. Hey, um, I, <clears throat> sorry to interject in this, but I wanted to ask Jen, who has studied the meridians, um, and I know this may not be traditional Chinese medicine and maybe have some of the Japanese influence with the clock, but uh, what is the 3 a.m. clock, 3 a.m. on the clock, Jen? Do you know that or is that more of the Japanese? 
I feel like I should know it, but nothing is coming to me. I apologize. No, that's fine. If if it comes to you, let us know because uh, the the clock is associated with organs, right? That are associated with meridians. So something seems kind of significant about what Stella is saying. And I was thinking if there's a certain chemical or certain this or certain that, that it could be affecting certain parts of the organs, which would potentially translate into causing the disturbed sleep at 3 a.m. I would venture to think that if you look into this, the average, the norm, circadian rhythm system, you'll find that probably around that time is when we're in our deepest theta, um, which is usually between 4 and 7 hertz, I think. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's, which I think falls into the range, Rob, of um, that kind of thing, does it not? 5G-ish? What was it? How, what were the gigahertz? <laughs> no, no. It, it's uh, So you've got uh, the regular, what is it, 4G, right? Which is going to be 2.4 gigahertz range, I think maybe up to 3. And then 5G is, generally speaking, about 4.5 to maybe 5 or 6 gigahertz. And uh, the significance of those is that um, you know, water molecules, especially at 2.4 gigahertz range, uh, water molecules tend to absorb heat at that point. And obviously any of the subsequent um, divisions or multiplications of that, so if you go from 2.5G to 5G, blah, 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 they're all harmonics of that absorption uh, frequency, so... Yeah, right. Okay. That's really weird what you just put up there, Ashley. I was only looking at a chart and it was in a book like of pages the other day that had that exact information. How synchro is that? Big How time. Weird. Wow. Yeah. And weird that it, that three to 5 a.m. is the lung. Is lung. Yeah. yeah. That's where people usually have the worst sleep apnea too, by the way. So oh, and also, it is a breathing problem. Yeah, I believe 4.50 is uh, what they call the hour of the wolf, which is what I wrote a song about. Um which is sort of one of the highest suicide rates too, apparently, where people wake up, they're the most disturbed, and it's like mm. a make-or-break moment. Yeah, yeah. And it's that also actually... related to oftentimes the fact that they've had, you know, some incidences of sleep, sleep apnea just prior to that, which then tend to change your consciousness. That's usually when you're going to have, like, the, uh, the old hag syndrome, things like that. Yeah, and we've seen from all the patents that they have the absolute control to this is like child's play really from what we've seen because it's such old technology too a lot of this stuff goes back to even the 60s 50s so look what have they got when now? do all the attacks occur when when, do, when does the fbi knock in your door exactly About 3 to 3 30 a.m right yep and that same was time that period when did the um you know the bloody stones fall sorry the guide stones was that 303 and 33 or something? Yes, I think it was. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I think it was. And, and Kissinger dies on yeah. the 333rd day of the year of the Gregorian calendar, hmm. 2023, which is backwards 322. It's just a coincidence. You're all yeah, been look been at us. Look at us cracking the code. Also, <laughs> cracking also the fucking code. to go along with what Rob said, that was really great. And Lung is totally correct. And I did cheat and look it up, actually. I'm just, I'm not saying it's coming from <laughs> me, but it is the transitional time between lung and liver. 
So it's the wood and the metal, right? So it is the times of what planet, as we were talking about in the chat, what planet rules the liver? Jupiter. So that's very interesting. And then what planet rules the lungs? Mercury. So that's very interesting. So the smallest, no, Pluto is the smallest, isn't it? Mercury's second smallest planet. And Mercury also rules the air. So if you're thinking like air of um, the liver or liver wind, as we call it in TCM, that is the time that you would experience disharmony and like um, mental illness and like uh, all of that. So yeah, exactly. And in the lungs as well, it's when the wheezing, the tightness, so all of that, exactly hag writing, exactly what Rob said. And, and obviously when I interviewed him on his episode, he talked about hag writing. So it just it all comes full circle always. Yep. And apparently, I mean, with 5G and that, they can turn it up and down like a volume knob. And mercury is related to the air and or air waves, correct? Exactly. Radio frequencies, et cetera. Wow. So that plays into it also. You know, I, I found this... Um, radio interview that was pretty wild uh i you know if somebody feels so inclined the name of the supposed whistleblower is a c griffith and uh i'd be curious if there's any (laughs) yeah a c griffith so um i'm gonna play some of this and it brought like a different narrative to the chemtrail thing than I had ever heard. Uh, and it actually has something to do with the bending of radio frequencies, which was kind of wild. Uh, you know, I, I'm inclined to listen to this guy's point of view. Y'all ready for this? Here yeah, we go. Can you chuck the link into the private chat too, please, Mike? Sure, sure. Thank you. But it wasn't. Here's what it was about. It was about a sub-program, making a sub-program in a Navy program called the Variable Terrain Radio Parabolic Equation, VTRPE, Function Over Land Terrain. That's what it's about. That is that is what it's about. You've heard all kinds of explanations for seven or eight years, but it's for the VTRPE. And it's part of the Radio Frequency Mission Planner. It's a system. It's a computer system, RFMP, Radio Frequency Mission Planner, and the VTRPE programs or a sub-program within that system. And it was first put on the Enterprise and aircraft carriers for battlefield imaging. The, the system would not work over land terrain adequately, or accurately rather, without creating a, a ducting of radio waves over land terrain, and they used the mixture of barium salt to do that. And that enables the whole system to function. It is the system that the United States uses in Afghanistan and Iraq, and probably will use in Iran and some of the other applications. And that's what it's about. It's about the VTRPE. Um, I see we're running out of time, and there's several things that I've just got to mention to you. Now, within within the, the Navy program, we see DARPA, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, and they're into biologicals, and that's where Clifford um, shines. He has identified many, many uh, very harmful uh, biologicals coming out of the aerosols. And of course, you're speaking of Clifford Carnicom. Clifford Carnicom, yes. Aware. And that's Carnicom.com. That's C-A-R-N-I-C-O-M.com. We have the greatest admiration for Clifford, and we have admiration for uh, for Scott the Weatherman, too. Scott Stevens, he's a, he's a man of conviction. We admire him for that. Yeah. So uh, DARPA is involved, and DARPA is involved in spraying cities. We caught them spraying Asheville, North Carolina, several years ago with a substance called BCTP, developed under one of their contracts at the University of Michigan, and it's an anti-anthrax. So um, that was one of the first that, that we saw coming out of the aircraft. They brought them in and sprayed the city. 
uh, strange. Art Bell's mother lived in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, and he talked about it on the uh, air, although um, he didn't fully understand it. Now, here's here's the killer. Here's the big one. Recently, we've come upon another danger in the atmosphere over America. It has nothing to do necessarily with the Navy PTRPE or the, or the aerosoling. It is an attack on North American weather. The weather is being manipulated from outside of the country. Uh, the uh, hurricane that slammed into New Orleans was guided in there. So was the Hurricane Rita and Gaston and some of the others. We believe that the Russian um, systems that have been developed since the late 50s, early 60s in Russia is the ultimate weapon, and we have no defenses against it. It's called Scalar. That's a, a modern name for the systems, Scalar Weapons. There are three divisions of Scalar coming against America. Uh, one is called energetics, and one is called bioenergetics, and one is called psychoenergetics. The psycho function can actually manipulate mind, thoughts, personalities, and cause astronaut Lisa to wear a diaper driving across the country. Really? That kind of thing. Yes. There was an admiral um, on an aircraft recently that stood up and said to everybody on the plane that he had smallpox, and they took him off the plane. Um, he was uh, in medicine. That was psychoenergetics. It functions on the mind and mind functions. You can actually insert another personality in the person. The, uh, the bio uh, comes against living bodies, um, their biochemistry, and the energetics can come against the Challenger, the Columbia, the Thrasher submarine, where 129 men died. And those, were, those were, we believe, we are sure they were attacks by Russian scalar weapons. They're actually interferometer transmitters used in an interferometer way with uh, two transmitters intersecting over North America. That's now, just for, those, for those that don't understand scalar, would you define a scalar or tell us what scalar weaponry is? It's very complicated. If I, if I read you the definition, you still wouldn't know. But um, on the website linked with you, the mysterious booms, you will find a link to Tom Bearden, Colonel Bearden in Huntsville. He defines all of that and tells quite a story about it. Uh, Tom Bearden has been the, the Tesla guru for many years. He is highly respected. He is a brilliant man and a great American. Mm-hmm. And he is speaking out also, or he has in the past. He has in the past, yes. Right, he's not speaking out now. We will talk about that off the air. Uh, okay. I, I don't want to get people hurt. This is a very dangerous thing to get into. I, I can't stress that enough. The scalar transmitters in Russia are controlled by the Federal Security uh, Service. It's abbreviated FSB, and but it actually stands for the Federal Security Service, the old KGB, and not necessarily under the direct control of the Russian government. Uh, it's quite a story to this. The woodpecker transmitters that have been going on for 25, 30 years over North America are part of the weapon system coming against uh, North America. We're experiencing uh, uh, and hearing from people all over the country that are experiencing dizzy spells, mm-hmm. and they fall forward to the left. They're dizzy mm-hmm. forward to the left. I'm sure many of your listeners right now are, are saying, my God, that's happened to me. Well, it's happening all over the country, and that is the, the manifestation of these scalar weapon systems. The town in Kansas was devastated as a result of guiding and manufacturing that storm. Now, that's going to increase uh, in the rest of this year. The hurricanes were suppressed last year, but but uh, hopefully the United States uh, science community will be able to suppress them again. That is the real threat against us right now, is the, uh, the, the Russian. Now, other countries have these weapon systems. We are late coming up to speed. We do not have adequate defenses against them right now. I will tell you that Israel stood between the United States and Russia with its defenses. Israel protected the United States on several occasions when we got right down to the line. There's been uh, there's been some uh, right knuckle time uh, with this, and the people are completely oblivious to it. But, uh, again, we're sure that the Challenger was taken down and, and other aircraft, other uh, commercial aircraft. Um, on the West Coast, Alaskan Airlines has been having a lot of trouble running into these uh, scalar uh, fields, um, but nobody knows about it. 
back when I first, when I was like 19 years old, I first went into the uh, into the service group. Pause, pause. Okay. So, you know, I could see why there could be some skepticism about this guy. We've got comments uh, when people say things. Is that Dane Wigington or not? It sounds like him, but I think it's not. I don't know who. Okay, well, I have heard this interview before. I remember um, I've seen the vision of them talking with that lady, the interviewer. Um, it was only a couple of months ago, I think, we shared it around. But, yeah, this was really interesting. And the scalar energy, you can see it in some of the clouds. You can see the scalar waves, I swear. I mean, they've given those na clouds a name. I haven't looked into when those type of clouds were named like, you know, cirrus and cumulus and all that. The scalar ones have a name, which I can't quite recall right now, but um, it's very strange how you see this scalar pattern and then you'll see some that are like at right angles. I mean, that doesn't make much sense. It, what I'm seeing isn't making a lot of sense sometimes. And it just seems like electronic type manipulation or something rather than a natural event. And then okay. when you measure it up with what's happening with the winds and the other clouds and stuff, it doesn't make sense. So I think it's scalar energy. So this is weird because I was just telling Stella that I went to this uh, therapy yesterday and it was, <clears throat> I originally thought it was sound, but it it's called EES, Energy Enhancement System. And I pulled up the website and it said scalar it's using scalar fields. And so this is the blip right here. Scalar fields have always existed. You may not have heard of scalar fields, but they are well known in astrophysics, geology, and hydrodynamics. A scalar field is known as a fifth dimensional nonlinear field. Scalar fields exist out of relative time and space. Thus, they do not decay over time or distance from their source. They're unbounded and capable of passing through solid matter. Yep, I don't they're, know. They're I don't know if that adds, but that was weird. It was weird. It's a yet another synchro, which just happens almost by the hour in these days. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, the scalar energy is said to be part of the free energy harnessing, which is all there, like the electric universe, supposedly all there, and you know that they are trying to suppress. Go ahead, Jim. No, I I totally agree with that. I think that that's exactly what it is. I think that. You know, I mean, my theory, my unified theory, Jin's unified theory is pretty wild, so we won't get into it. But I just think that that's, that sounds right to me. Just my opinion. Oh, I'm here for the whole wild theory. I love hot takes, wild <laughs> theories. <laughs> you know, uh, you know that. I just mean that I just think it's crazy. I think they are definitely doing something in the sky. I think that, you know, uh, I will say that our sky has been super clear lately like super cloudless and turquoise and just like very pristine. And, um, but I can hear planes. Yeah. I can hear planes flying behind it, but I cannot see them. So yeah, I think that's yeah. really interesting. And I live far, like I live pretty North. Like I'm like at the same, um, longitude or latitude, whatever, which one, uh, as like Northern Scotland. So, I mean, I'm far up there. You're almost pretty much on the exact opposite of the world to me, I'd say, or pretty damn close anyway. But it's funny you should say that because just before we got hammered, which was the day that Kissinger supposedly passed, uh, mum and I were 
commenting on how beautiful and deep blue the skies were and how clear they were. And I said to her, well, it's probably because there's no veil. We've just gotten so used to seeing this pale veil that we've sort of forgotten how beautiful and deep blue the sky really is. Well, it's not really, but let's not go there. Um, but what it looks like is deep blue, like, you know, when we were growing up and we used to colour in the sky with our blue crayons and the yellow crayon was the sun. Um, so we were just commenting on that exact thing, how clear and beautiful and clear the air was to breathe. And then boom, we got hammered the next day. <laughs> it was only last two or three days that that lasted. So very interesting you should say that. And I don't think we're probably alone in that either. This, also, this, I just yeah. sorry, Sala. No, 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 sorry. I just wanted to say that that is like, if you're thinking of it like in a metaphysical way, you could also say like the obscuration of the blueness of the sky or the whatever. Even though it's we, it's not really that color, but that's the color we perceive. But even the obscuration of that is very kabbalistic, like to obscure yeah. the blue because the blue is considered like the god color, the god without quality color like just pure god just consciousness clear no like you know intention just like goodness just all only goodness so but then when they add the things in that is obscuring us and then obscures like god kind of that's kind of the idea and the blue and white i mean the blue and white color scheme is just everywhere isn't it when we think about yes. a certain flag mm, and we think about a certain place on a little saint james island and we think about um, Egyptians Helen. and, oh, look, so many things when you really think about it. It's just interesting. That's the sky, isn't it? Blue sky, white clouds. And they're obscuring. Yeah, I don't know. I just, just a little spitballing tie in there. No, no, no. You're <laughs> totally right. And But I just will say that it are the colors of, of Chisette or Jupiter. I'm just going to throw that out there. I know everybody Blue and white. Loves Yes, I, well, the blue in particular, but yes, the blue and white combo is like the blue pillar of mercy in general. Because if you look, Chokma, Chesed, and Natsok, it's all like different. Well, Natsok's uh, different, but it's it's in there. It's all in there, all that kind of blue-green kind of coloration with the white. It's very important. So I just will it say is. that. Yes, because the blue is considered quite a raw color. Back, I mean, to get the blue pigments were it was very expensive, um, and only I mean it was basically crushed up lapis lazuli, uh, particularly yes, in the yes, Egyptians. Yes, 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 exactly, um, lapis lazuli. So it was only the royals. The same as the purple is like a royal color because similar sort of reason to attain that kind of dye was only for the rich. So yeah. And that was that way in the in the old South as well. Uh, they would dye things blue and purple with indigo, and that was a really labor intensive process to do. Um, and it took a long time. Yeah, hundred percent. Probably expensive. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it's kind of interesting because North America has a really good wild indigo dye plant, and it it kind of revolutionized like the dye industry when they d supposedly discovered it because um, the the dye plants from like uh, China and India, like it's good, woad is good, but it's not the the North American dye plant is just so much more indigo. So I think that's very interesting because it's very new world, right? Can we uh, talk about what Rob just said? Neutrinos. I haven't heard of these, so it's uh, very relevant. Can you uh, expand on that, please, Rob? Yeah, let me go ahead and get into it a little bit. Okay, so if you've noticed, most of the research that's going on that deals with particle research 
a majority of it is dealing with effects from neutrinos. And uh, what you end up finding out is neutrinos are interesting in that they'll, they'll go through matter pretty much un unstoppable, except every once in a while in water, which is how they capture neutrinos, every once in a while, one of them will come through and it'll hit a water molecule. And I think it has to hit a certain type of hydrogen uh, molecule in the water and then it'll turn into a photon, and that's how they both measure and or detect uh, neutrinos. But uh, neutrino scalar waves, they've found, uh, travel back and forth in time. They, they're basically outside of our regular physical experience as far as particles go. So anyways, uh, and this guy was talking about the use of scalar waves, and there's a thought that a lot of the chemtrailing and or, I mean, let's be honest, we're kind of terraforming our planet or our plane, as it were. Um, we're kind of terraforming it with all these particles in an effort, I've often thought, and there's a lot of other people who think this, in an effort to try and change the localized physics of our planet and or plane to suit perhaps the arrival of some other entity, right? So figure I'd throw that out. And that may tie in all of what we're seeing as far as what they're doing with um, radio frequencies. I mean, besides other than trying to turn us all into meat robots by, you know, increasing the propagation of these various radio waves, I think in another way that they're trying to usher in some kind of new age and or new form of consciousness by screwing around with you know the the, the makeup of our air and the way things are able to transmit through our air and through our atmosphere so I love that. I love that, Rob. I think that that's really profound. I actually agree with a lot of that. I think, I mean, I don't, I'm agnostic about some of like, a, of a, you know, I don't know if there's another new species or like an interdimensional force. Obviously I do practice a weird religion that does believe in those things. So I'm not, I'm not against it. I just, you know, I just, I think it's really interesting. And we have AI, and the AI is really going to be very dependent on the transmission of uh, radio waves and or other types of waves, including scalar waves and neutrinos, etc. And there's a thought that they're building up this huge web, a, aka the Skynet, and it's going to use lasers to communicate back and forth to the Earth. Basically, all the Elon Musk satellites Starlinks are going to be able to communicate directly with our cell phones, okay, individually, so they can track each one of us individually. Also, too, these adulterants that they're putting in the air actually make it possible for the Skylink satellites to be able to track and trace each individual human and everything on the planet. And then this ties in with AI being given access to all these satellites, which is the, the end goal, right? And then with these satellites, if AI is able to monitor everything we do, 
and or react to it in a way doesn't that kind of make it a god in a lot of ways i mean the things that we look at where it's you know god knows everything that happens it knows what we're all thinking it knows all these other omnipotence of... omniscience yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah blocks on god cybernetic god yes yes black, black hole sun yeah black sun yeah this is the whole yeah black hole the... sun they are spewing yeah. out uh what's called carbon black which does incorporate nanotechnology and uh, that's so there's yes. like plain graphene. you sometimes see. Yes, correct. They're uh, finding so graphene. They're finding graphene in these air samples and soil samples, as and well as yes. aluminum it, and bromine. Us. And yeah. Carpeting us with it. <laughs> and uh, there was allegations of graphene oxide in the mRNA injections. Yep. Um, along with the lipid nanoparticles. And Sir Tim said, Isaac Weissop is right. These nerds are trying to kill us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, seriously. This is the plot. This is this is what the transhumanists are up to. They're yep. they're trying to be their own god. So this is this is Yuval Noah Harari just talks all openly about all this bullshit. So yep. this is yeah. yeah they do they, they God talk is very dead. We just openly. have to remove the body, right? They have this is like what we talked about, Ando. Like they have such daddy God issues. They just hate him so much, or they and they not not just hate him. They want to they envy him. him. Yeah, they yes. want to they want to well, eliminate they, God. They also don't God. want him to like any of the other kids. They want him to only betroth all his power and love onto them in yes. exclusion of everyone else. Yes, and let's Which, wrap it all the way around to the beginning. Uh, the point of the Tower of Babel was to climb up there and fight God. It was like, build this tower all the way up to God. And then okay. they wanted to go fight him. And that's that's what these same psychopaths are trying to do these days. Which yeah, is because yeah, they're completely missing the point because Jesus himself has said that the kingdom of heaven is within. Within so. you. I keep saying it, Stella. I say it every podcast I think of you, every time I say it. <laughs> I really, it's really true. And like, even in a, I know it's like the dirty word, but it is in Kabbalah. That is the truth too. The kingdom Malkuth is inside of you. That's yep. the whole point. And that every sphere is really inside of you too. And it doesn't mean that you become God. It means that you become part of yes. God. Yes. Which and, we are all a part yes. of and should be connected, but they are doing everything they possibly yes, can exactly. to disconnect us visually, auditorially, even though that's not a word, um, psychologically every way they possibly can yes exactly exactly and if you go by uh you know like the traditional dsmv5 or whatever like the psychologists and psychiatrists go by uh people with borderline personality that is one of their things their jealousy their desire for attention um so it ties in with uh borderline personality diagnosis and um narcissists which goes yeah per perfectly with with all this yes. as well <laughs> would never clue where to That's find a majority of it. these days <laughs> well it's so easy to like it's so easy to internalize like we live in a very dysfunctional sick but managed been managed because i it's i don't think any of it's really organic that, that organic or almost none of it it's so easy to internalize their toxins their poisons mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. they push forth right yeah, and somewhere in Revelation it said something about that the um, the fourth revolution or whatever the word was. You're gonna have to correct me on this, Ando. Um, that it wasn't going to be like a an organic beast. It was going to be like a 
some other form, like not organic, basically, which suggests chimeric. No AI, like electronic, uh, technological. You're, yeah, yes. so. You're talking about the the image, right? The image of the beast that's that's given words. The fourth, yeah, there was a fourth. What was it? Oh gosh, I should know this. I really need to go and brush up on my revelation. I started at the other. Uh, end there was it. there was a bunch of chimeras in there. Uh, so Jen's right about that. But the, yeah, but there is there's a beast, and the beast is is given. Um, was it the fourth beast rising or something? Yeah. I really need to polish up. Sorry. So it's not Gollum. Sorry, I just God. want to confirm that there's a F three three six in the chat said Gollum. So I was just asking on his behalf. Uh, so I'll, I'll get it to for Elon you. Musk. I can have it really soon. <laughs> no. Um, the fourth oh. beast with teeth of iron. Oh, yeah. It might have been Daniel. It could have been Daniel. Well, yeah. and so that reminds me, right? Because Daniel was a dream interpreter for King Nebuchadnezzar, yes. right? And he yes. saw what he interpreted was the merging of clay and metal, right? Which would mm. be humans into the transhumanism. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. And then chemtrailing as well. Yeah. And, well, and everything, right? Because that's part of it. If they're wow, using graphene yeah. in that and they're using graphene and mRNA injections and stuff like that, then it's all it's all part of the, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that came to mind is uh, for some reason when y'all were talking about this, it reminded me of Stella's not going to know this for sure, but the movie Venom, uh, like the character of Venom, right, is otherworldly and this black mass that causes chaos really and mm. has the ability to constantly be changing now venom is portrayed as like okay as long as he's managed in the movie uh as a spider-man villain but that's the imagery that i had was this black ever-changing like a far-reaching suffocating it's the dragon. It's the dragon. That is exactly how it's described in, in Buddhism. It is the amorphous form. He is not evil per se, but he he can go either way. He can go either direction. He can go very desiring. He can go very harsh. In fact, in it's very interesting that country that's in a war right now, just their dragon, Rahu, entered into their Mars in their birth chart for 1947. So let's Whoa. see. Yeah, so that is a war and also negative public perception when those two things meet. And also, just to shout this out, is that India will also be and have their Rahu enter their Mars in next in January. So coming up. So let's see what happens. If something pops off, that might be really interesting. Oh, I, wanna... I just had a thought. Sorry. Well, I was going to mention the um, that note on merging clay with metal. Um this idea that they're spraying aluminum particulate with other stuff. Um, I mean, soil contamination is already a problem um, and aluminum's toxic to everything. So that's like a big fucking deal. It's not something we should take lightly. If they're fucking doing this and nobody's talking about it, it's pretty upsetting. Aluminum also, also is a big cause of Alzheimer's. So, yeah, yeah. And, and um, I, it's been pointed out several times by people, but the, the chemicals that they're spraying are barium and aluminum. And what does that spell? Mm -hmm. 
Yep. And we, sh- we really need to have tin foil hats, not aluminum hats. You guys say aluminum. Mm-hmm. I say aluminum. It's really I hard to get proper too. tin foil these days. <laughs> it's very expensive. You can get uh, stainless steel tin foil now, by the way, just in case anyone wants to know. I'm the only weirdo who's going to know that shit. But anyway, okay. you know. And you I, did, I did want to say that I'm not totally blackpilled on this, though. Um, there are ways to heavy metal detox our bodies, yeah. one of them yes. being an infrared sauna. So just, you know, I'm not totally blackpilled on that. I do believe in the healing power of the body. And that we do have a way to rid, and it's it's pretty interesting the spiritual connotations of sweating it out, the sweat lodge, and and in all these other uh, societies or, or cultures as well. But we have that availability to us to literally rid ourselves of the poison. And there's even um, our buddy Terry in the Discord. He actually did his DIY infrared sauna using chicken lamps. So just want to tell people like, no matter your budget access, whatever, there is ways for us to literally sweat it out. And I think that has a materialist perspective, but a spiritual perspective as well. I use uh, infrared therapy for my back and for my shoulder and it's been great. Um, also to zeolites, which are actually a type of aluminum and actually remove other harmful aluminums. Kind of strange. Hmm. Just hmm. like so aluminum is kind of a multifaceted, uh, it's kind of a multifaceted material, uh, depending. So. It hasn't actually been proven to create Alzheimer's, and it makes you wonder, is it something that's beneficial to us that they're telling us is bad for us? I don't know. Uh, I think it depends on the parts of aluminum. And the like, the particle size probably, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, everything is. It's it's microscopic traces, isn't it? Trace mm-hmm. elements, as they call them. Yeah, and I would mm-hmm. say maybe even in combination with everything else, right? So, like, if your diet is chock full of uh, seed oils and things like that, that it's going to make you more prone, more susceptible to the other stuff because that's the other thing with the research that they're doing that they're telling it's caused by ABC, X, Y, and Z, but that, but, but they're never addressing the diet. They're never addressing the fact that the food is poison. So it's a fair point. Um, yeah, the deodorant has a lot of, a lot of deodorants have aluminum in them. And Mm -hmm. I, I was getting this one brand that had no aluminum in it. And then I got something else, uh, in their same line. And I, I just picked it up because I, I thought it was safe. And then I read the ingredients, aluminum flour. Aluminum flour is, is just a really weird thing to put as an ingredient. Like, like it's yeah. like you make bread out of it. I don't know. Yeah, weird, weird. Yeah, look, it's incredible. I read just recently, and I can't bring the number to mind, but it was astounding how many chemicals we put on our body every day, particularly women, because cosmetics. Mm. But um, yeah, fragrance for women is the worst. It's the very carcinogenic. Right. Yeah, and not only that, but you're covering up your natural pheromones, which is you know leads to mating, all that other stuff. Yeah, creates more humans. Now, I have a quick anecdote about women's perfume. So back in the day, I used to wear you know, whatever the all, whatever the basic white girl shit was to wear, like Clinique happy. Yes, girl. It smells so good. It smells so good with my, my skin chemistry, whatever. Um, <laughs> so I ended up working at this place that does samples for, uh, perfume, makeup, etc. They had different modalities of 
making the samples. So you may think of the magazine that you tear open. You're like, what does it smell like? Whatever. And then there's also blister packs that is um, the uh, probably aluminum foil, whatever blister pack, but it's coated in plastic. So there was this one um, Katy Perry perfume that we were, we, so what we would do is age test. And the way that you would replicate an age test is that you would take your samples and you would put them in 45 degrees Celsius oven for like two weeks. And then you would do uh, like room, room temperature, cold, whatever. Uh, so you had different samples. And then after that time, you would take them out of the heater and then you would, you would examine them and you would smell them. So you're smelling to see if it would if it went off, it, if it had like an off-putting or a sour smell, something like that. But then you were also examining the packaging. So this Katy Perry perfume literally ate through the plastic into like in this bubble uh, blister pack or whatever. And I was like, I'm done with this stuff. And this is well before I was awake to anything, but I was like, I'm not wearing this shit. <laughs> I'm not wearing this shit anymore. So, um, and now I just wear patchouli. There you go. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oils you, all the way. Oils, oils, you, oils. Fucking you dirty, hippies. You dirty damn hippies. Yeah. You know why you know why hippies wear patchouli? Right, Mike? No, tell me. <laughs> it's so that the blind can hate them too. <laughs> it is a really powerful and sometimes offensive to some people smell. Um, but, but so usually, is the body odor so it's covering yeah. up so you know yeah uh, but most <laughs> of the time I just don't give a fuck and I'm like oh well patchouli smells good with my chemistry so there you go yeah fuck you if you don't like it you're entitled to nothing go fuck yourself um, <laughs> anywho I you know I know we're going long here um, if anybody wants to you know call it a night I'm not opposed, but I do have some more like. I'm gonna guy... dip, Mike, because it's quite late yeah. here. It's almost midnight where I am. Fair but enough. I thank you guys. It was great to meet you, Rob. Um, Ando, we're gonna pod soon. Ashley, Stella, love you guys. Oh, Mike, we did love pod. You, Jen. <laughs> love you guts. Love you, Jen. Um, yeah, yeah. I I gotta go too. I I have to I have to drive at four. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn, Oof. Um, damn. Oof. Anyway, yeah. Uh, LibertyLinks.io slash the Doom Kitchen. Find all my shit there. Love y'all. I'm on Twitter, Wukong Reborn. Amen. Bye, Ando. Later, have a good night and have a good night, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye, Jen. Love you, buddy. Love you, Love you. Bye, guys. Bye. Um, I just wanted to look. I'm just looking at the visible light scale, and red is between 620 and 750, and the next one up is infrared. So then I'm sort of thinking back. Sometimes I wonder if some of the things that they show us in plain sight are the keys to the next bit, you know, like which is sort of the predictive programming thing. Of I don't know. I just see little arrows here and there, and I just think, hmm, those red, those red things, uh, the uh, auroras and things. Are they pointing? Are they trying to say something? It's sort of like the crop circles. Like I'm, I'm going way out here now, but sort of like the crop circles. Um, that's all energy. I mean, they have harnessed that pretty well. I don't think that they're real or aliens. <laughs> Not at all. Um, they're just computer programs, um, wherever they're coming from, probably the military. But um, I know they're real in, the, in an energetic sense because I have told the story before about my stepfather who was making crop circle documentaries and he stood mm. in the realm of the crop circle and the 
the the equipment started doing things and then they'd step out of the realm and it would stop doing those things. So there is something going on with them. Exactly what I don't know. Well, let's talk about the are... real quick. Yeah. Go ahead. Hit, hit it. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, anyways, well, let's I talk did... about the red for a second. Yeah. The red yeah. uh, spectrum is right where the terahertz frequencies are that they want to use to control us. So you go from radio frequency to near infrared to infrared, etc. And that terahertz gap that's in there that now they have lasers that can actually generate that frequency that is in the near terahertz frequencies as is the 6g and i think they're coming up with 8g or 10g already and that's going to be yep. in that realm also and it can screw with human biological functions and or heal us for that matter depending yes. on what they want to do with it and uh i just want to bring up what you were talking about recently too, Rob, which Ashley and I have also talked about, those purple streetlights, remember? Because that's like right down the opposite end of the spectrum, which is down around the 380, Hazardous. 450. Um, UVC. There may be UVC in those. Now that Mike is talking about that, I'm starting to wonder if there's some UVC content in those purple streetlights. Well, Stella and I had talked about that too. You know, they, the story, the official story was that they got a bad batch, right? And if yeah. you just called and reported that particular one, which my husband did that too, like if this man saw a purple streetlight, <laughs> he was calling yeah. and they, re they replaced him pretty quick. But I never believed that story. And he, this lasted for years. And this was all over the East Coast. I know because I was living there. We had them in upstate New York. We had them in North Carolina. I've even sent pictures of Stella. And then recently when I was uh, flying, I could see some of them still out there so i never believed that there was no purpose that it was just an accident of bulbs gone bad yeah they said uh that the yellow part was missing or was non-functional which made it turn purple rather than the white because you know as we know white is made up of rgb mixed together well i want to point out gentlemen skeptics comment here night vision goggles were originally red they stopped using them because the soldiers were shooting at demons they could see in the goggles. Mm. Um, I, I've never heard that before, but I have heard that. Yeah. That's that. I cyanin quite something. dye. There's a, there's a special type of dye that they use called disyanin. And uh, it allows, they used a thin film of it between two of the lenses. So it was, it was uh, kind of entrapped in there. And they they believe that that's what allowed them to be able to see into these other dimensions. I think originally they did it as a form of filtering, and it had the alternate effect of being able to see into very wide frequencies, aka maybe extra dimensional and ultra dimensional frequencies. So, wow. Mm. So this all feels connected to me because. This guy on the radio, he, he explains how, or rather why they uh, have barium in the mix with these chemtrails and how it's all about mapping terrain for battlefields. So uh, yes. with y'all's permission, if you guys are game to keep going, you know, I'm, I'm not totally exhausted yet. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> let's, let's go. We're on a all ride, right. man. All right. All right. Cool. Here. Um, 
Bada bing, bada boom. Having a lot of trouble running into these uh, scalar um, fields, um, but nobody knows about it. Back when I first, when I was like 19 years old, I first went into the uh, into the service. We were in, in uh, the Philippines, and uh, in, in, in intelligence, uh, we would uh, penetrate Chinese airspace uh, on a regular basis. We would penetrate the space to see how they would react, and we would listen to their communications, their military, and we would know what, something about their defenses. Well, the Russians are doing the very same thing to us right now, and we're not responding. It's as though we have no idea what's going on. And each time that happens, they become more confident. If we go into Iran, God only knows what's going to happen. But if we don't go into Iran, God only knows what's going to happen to us. So I can see I can see some real desperate times ahead. We also know in the study of this, as I told you earlier, when we started looking at this, there was one door, and then all of a sudden we saw two doors, then four doors, then eight doors, and uh, 16 doors and 32 doors to explore, and that's why it's taken all of these years to do that. We know that we know that atomic devices have been pre-positioned in American cities. We know that Israel pre-positioned atomic devices in Russian cities. So there's some standoff here, but we are in a desperate time, and people are oblivious to it. Well, I'm afraid that you're right on the oblivious part because uh, people cannot believe that this country would do that because of the facade of, oh, we care about your freedom and we're there for you and uh, we want to provide the most strong military to protect you. And they hate freedom and that's why they're after us and all these phony phony things that we have been fed. But, you know, uh, there was a paper that was done, and I, I really appreciate uh, receiving this. It was a thesis by uh, Matthew Doggett that, as I understand, is not on the Internet about the, uh, uh, the documentation behind what you're talking about here with respect to this project. And I just want to say, ladies and gentlemen, it's called an Atmospheric Sensitivity and Validation Study of the Variable Terrain Radio Parabolic Equation Model, or the VTRPE, as AC Griffith was just discussing. Now, can you just help us understand? That's a, that's a big title, Atmospheric Sensitivity and Validation Study of the Variable terrain radio parabolic equation model what is sir and, and i have to excuse me for asking this but what is vtrpe it is a subprogram, a computer program within the radio frequency mission planner system that's key to battlefield operations it is key we cannot fight wars without that we've come to that as uh, in world war ii you put a man in the field with a gun and, and say go shoot him you know but today's military operates uh, by a satellite and ground radar so this system ties into satellite radar and ground radar and that VTRPE can paint a three-dimension battlefield image over land terrain from a ship 200 miles in the Atlantic or the Pacific. All right. So you say originally it was done to get this three-dimensional battlefield imaging uh, for uh, crew, for warships and then for battlefields. Now, how does that translate into something that's going to be negative for our health, though? You're using barium salt and other DARPA aerosols. You're primarily using a mixture of barium salts to make it work over land terrain adequately, accurately. And there are some serious negative effects using barium, and, of course, a lot of that information is at Carnicom.com. Um, what else do you see as being a problem of doing now, You're saying this was an, an allegedly somewhat innocuous program to try and just do battlefield imaging. That's how it started. Then DARPA got into it and other agencies got into it, and God only knows where it is now and what's coming out of those planes. You see, you see I, I tried to paint a, a picture hurriedly of the Iranian Contra, uh, which was a CIA operation. And, and this, this pretty much is a CIA Navy operation. Uh, you're dealing with people. You don't know who they are. They're not accountable to anybody. Um, they're, they're capable of uh, dastardly things. You see, the American people are totally out of the loop. Their, their reality is based on their life experience. You see, the way you judge things and the way you process things, your opinions are based on your own life experience. Most people haven't had these experiences. I was 
sitting at a kitchen table with a, a person uh, um, about a year ago that had retired from the CIA, and, and they said to me, she said to me, um, they do something bad to us, we have to do something twice as bad to them. They do something three times as bad, we have to do something four times in order to survive and keep the country together and keep the people alive. And we turn into real bastards doing this, you know. And the American people are, are not aware that, that that is the reality of survival in this country, you know, and they are very critical. Uh, there are no uh, total black, total white. It's a thousand shades of gray in between. And I, and I dare say if, if some of the people or you or I were president of the United States and responsible for the lives of 300 million people, uh, we would probably be doing the same things and we would be criticized uh, just like our government. There is no, there is no uh, um, easy way to do these things. It's, uh, the military is uh, designed to kill and break. It's not designed to, uh, to be politically correct. You know, mm -hmm. We're coming into difficult times. Our country is being taken away from us, and the people are allowing it because of political correctness. I want to mention, uh, Joyce, I see I'm watching the Okay, well, we've got a three-minute break, and we're going to come back and talk. Okie doke. Hmm. He's saying a mouthful, isn't he? It does sound like Dane Wigington to me, a calm version. <laughs> anyway. Actually, it does. That's a good it observation. Very much does. Hmm. They're yeah. saying his name is A.C. Griffith. Could be an alias. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Alternating current Griffith. <laughs> also, also for yes. context, <laughs> this this was recorded in May of uh, 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, anyway, as usual, most of the information sounds very viable, but um, what it is they're trying to tell us is the puzzle because they only tell us what they want us to know. So, You're muted, Mike. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was just waiting to see if anybody else had anything to say. Um well, you know, RFK Jr. seems to think all this is real. Did you guys know that? Which bit of it? The weather well, modification? Yeah. Or? Geoengineering. Yeah. Yeah, well. I mean, well, the geoscanning. I mean, that's what they're doing with the barium. They're using it to mm -hmm. gain a return signal from the environment that they mm -hmm. can more easily detect using satellites. So. Manipulate. Yes. Track and trace, 100%. I mean, judging by the patents that get modified along the way, because you see the same patent sort of later on, you know, a similar thing, but it's got an extra bit attached to it because they've modified something or other. And, you know, again, I'm just going to say they're so old, these patents, that they, um, this is child's play that we're even looking at now, really, I believe. I think it's we're way more manipulated in a silent way than we could possibly imagine. And it really does. I don't know. I really hate to entertain this, but the simulation theory does have some credit to it because if you break, break it down to geometry and code and mathematics, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. What if all the scanning and everything else is actually meant to make it so that the current control system we have as i was saying within this quote simulation they're trying to usher in a new owner a new currency a new everything right 
they're mad at the old God. We already know that. If you're mad at the old God and you want somebody else to take over, then you may have to change the color on the walls and pretty the house up for them, right? Before they move in. Yeah, well, they're converting man, and I have this sort of theory that because of looking at things like the mathematics of 666 and the fact that it's a carbon atom that makes up man, etc., my theory of late, and I haven't got this from anyone else and I haven't said it before, is that it's actually mankind that is the Antichrist, and that's what they're sort of turning us into. Because, yeah, there we go. But, um, yeah, because it's quite possible um, that it is us, uh, the kingdom of heaven is within so we choose what sort of happens within before it comes out and has an effect. And collectively, they are trying to steer us in a certain way, which is away from God and our open connections and our organicness, organicity, <laughs> and uh, rule us in a way that's opposite to God. So the uh, are we the VMAT to downregulation. The, the VMAT2 downregulation, which is supposedly the God gene, they've been trying to figure out ways to remove it. Exactly. Um, and furthermore, the 666 also plays in with the fact that they've had so many huge breakthroughs uh, medically and neurologically using graphene particles as a sort of a conduit for neural manipulation. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, it all sounds lovely when you're the person who's being saved by it, but like, is mankind being saved by this or converted, manipulated? It's not organic. You know, really, like this sounds harsh, but really we should just accept our fate. If it's our time to go, we should go. Um, instead of going and having surgery. I mean, of course, I'm, I've had surgery. I'm not going <laughs> to, not putting anyone down for that, but um, you, what, you know what I'm saying? If we really, really were living a true, authentic, organic life, I guess we would be living the total opposite of what we are now, but we would also be okay with our time coming because it's not the end. It's just another phase. True. I, I would say, well, first of all, uh, that's a very, that is a food for thought point for me. Cause I hadn't heard that or thought of that, you know, the, the antichrist I've, I've always felt like it was something other. Was it a system? Exactly. Was it, AI, was it a person, a, a group of people? Yes. Uh, so that's something to think about. The other thing, um, this isn't exactly related, but this is something that Jen and I were talking about the other day is, um, so there's an association with the, uh, like the mushroom hat, like George Washington's chair, right? Had like a mushroom on it. And there's an association with the mushroom and the crown. And we were talking about, because um, in some of his imagery as well, and like his religion, there are s figures with a, like a mushroom looking crown, right? So we thought about that and like the crown chakra, the third eye, right? So this isn't necessarily a, a super thought out, but it's just something that I wanted to throw out there because of the human connection to earth uh, you know you have the stoned ape no, theory god designed the planet oh <laughs> um so you had the uh the stoned ape theory yes exactly stella she said in the in the chat because of the structure of the mycelium exactly that the mycelium networks in the earth right god made the earth in 
ultimately is that the voice of God, not God, but is that, is there something to that connection to humans? Um, it, it doesn't exactly go with what you were just saying, but it made me think of that whole conversation and like human beings connection to the earth and what we have here on this planet. The interconnectedness is just so mind blowing because I really, really, really love how you can look at something supposedly from out of space, geological, and it will look identical to looking at something through a microscope in a, like a human cell or something. You won't, you won't be able to tell a difference if someone showed yeah. you something like a cell structure, you'd say, oh, where's that? Mexico or something. <laughs> yeah. Or no, the it's human eye. In, in the, yeah. Yeah. And it's just so incredible because the structure, the structures are just carbon, well, carbon copies, um, copies like down to the microscopic level, up to the hugeness level, whatever that is, <laughs> the bigness. The bigidity macro. Well, I, I apologize. I jumped the gun and I think I disrupted Ashley by accidentally playing uh, RFK's voice in there. Did he <laughs> say, fine. did his, did he say something about God there he right did. before you started talking about God? Well, maybe God <laughs> just made me hit the play button. Hey, you I never know. know. You never, you never know. Um, let me play some of this though, because it's, Totally on point with what y'all just said. There he is, Dane Wigington, and it's with a double G. They got it wrong. Geoengineeringwatch.org, this guy. Yeah. All right, here we go. You know, God designed the planet to, to work pretty well and um, and usually trying to fix it with an engineering solution. It's like whack-a-mole. It just causes more problems down the line. And if you're going to do a big, big large-scale engineering solution, you know, dams, dikes, lakes, et cetera, um, you better look at all of the, the um, unanticipated results of that. All they're thinking is, we have a problem. Here's an engineering solution. Don't ask me about any of the, of the collateral damage from that solution. And that, you know, it's, it seems insane that somebody would sprinkle aluminum dust into the atmosphere, which we know is deadly toxic to the human brain. We've been dealing a lot with some military activity in terms of chaff anyway, and that's something that I experienced for the first time yesterday. That was a whole lot of fun. And that's where the military just basically dumps uh, some of the, the, the tiny particles of plastic or um, metal mylar into the atmosphere. And when you see this kind of a pattern like this, can rest assured there's something going on. They're actually little bitty magnetic and little bitty strips of whether it's aluminum. Then you see these bands of very distinct cloud cover moving into the region. That is not rain, that is not snow, believe it or not. Military aircraft flying through the region is dropping chaff. Small bits of aluminum, sometimes it's made of plastic or uh, even uh, metallicized, uh, metallicized paper products, but it's used as an anti-radar issue and obviously they're up there practicing. Now they won't confirm that, but I was in the Marine Corps for many years and I'll tell you right now, that's what it is. Exactly what the world's most recognized geoengineer and Dr. David Key said at this conference, the premise for him pushing aluminum as the element of choice is because it has a high albedo, high reflectivity, and low coagulation rate. And again, with no consideration of the consequences, we have lab tests from all over the globe, aluminum in all of them, in addition to barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers. The last 100 plus tests contained graphene, 
The test contained surfactants, which we know from what we believe to be the primary material supplier. American Elements Institute surfactants are used to keep the nanoparticles from coagulating before they're dispersed. We see foaming rain everywhere. That's indicative of surfactants in the mix. We've tested frozen precipitation. It is packed with surfactants, which would be one reason why the snow is especially slippery now. In regard to the aluminum and the dispersants over the oceans, we believe that solar radiation management operations, stratospheric aerosol injection, and most of these operations are taking place in the troposphere, not the stratosphere. But we well, explain that. that how how far how high is the troposphere? Stratosphere. Well, go ahead. Depend, depends entirely on location. Stratosphere in the polar regions can be as low as 23,000 feet, which means they can definitely spray in the stratosphere over the polar regions. Even some of the lower latitudes can be as low as 30, 33,000 feet. So some of these operations are taking place in the stratosphere when, where the stratosphere is at lower elevations. But what we believe is also occurring over the oceans is a and dual where purpose. Is the and the troposphere is where? It's lower altitudes? Generally, at the mid-latitudes, it would be high 30,000s in that range. And again, it, it depends on location on the planet. Depends on their atmospheric conditions can vary as well. But most, most aircraft fly in the upper troposphere, and that's where we're seeing dispersions. But we're seeing dispersions even at mid-latitudes as low as 20,000 feet. That's low. These particles don't stay aloft long. The lower the altitude, the larger the payload the aircraft can carry, and that may be one of their considerations. At lower altitudes, a KC-135 can carry 100 tons of material in a single payload. These are astoundingly high numbers of, of this particulate, and it, it would correlate to what we're seeing in, in the soil pH changes. And, and back to ocean iron fertilization, that's another proposal for geoengineering, to fertilize the oceans, to force them to uptake more CO2, and we would argue this has already been occurring for decades, that the SRM, solar radiation management dispersions that are happening over our oceans, are also part of ocean iron fertilization. And that would correlate with studies we have, peer-reviewed studies of, for example, whales that are packed with alarming levels of aluminum. And as you stated, with all these organisms, aluminum toxic to virtually all life forms, no exception. And we see marine mammals like whales with peer-reviewed studies that are packed full of aluminum. We have science study advocating for uh, polymer-coated aluminum particles to be used in ocean iron fertilization. So again, there are so many puzzle pieces that connect. And clearly- no, When you say the whales, because I've seen studies All right, pause in there just to catch our breath. I sped it up because, you know, there's a lot. This guy's spitting a lot at us. Uh, so you guys have heard of this guy or at least some of you? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. He's been around for quite a while, actually. Hmm. It is Wigington with one G. That's the Mandela effect working on me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, again. Uh, Jim Lee does point out that uh, some of Dane's uh, information is well, partly questionable and partly his, <laughs> his own. So I do encourage people to go to Jim Lee because I, I do trust Jim as a possibility that I shouldn't. I don't know. But um, I trust him more than Dane Wigington, put it that way. He seems to have more, he's more receipts, basically. Dane can go blah, blah, blah a lot, but he doesn't back it up like Jim does. So just my take. Well, um, you know, this is a massive topic and it is kind of one of those where you just have to tell people to do their own homework. Um, cause you're never going to prove it to them. 
Oh, yeah, tried that one, but they don't want to know. When yeah. it comes down to the real juice, it's like they, it comes down to them basically saying, I don't want to live in a world like that. So basically, don't bother me, go away. It's too much to think about. Yeah. Um, is there any chance we could put that clip up? It's really short of the one that I dropped in from my uh, YouTube clip, which happened like around the, the Lismore flood time, which was the end of February, early March, where it is my area, Northern Rivers, New South Wales, Australia, in the east. Um, we had some devastating floods that killed people and displaced thousands. And um, Is it I, in I, the in the telegram or in, in the... It's in the private chat. Hang on. Okay. Let me find it again. Wait, uh, I think I've got it? it. I think I've yeah. got it. Okay. It's yep. also in um, telegram. Yep. No, just a moment. So, yes, these were anomalies, which, I mean, I've got stacks of other screenshots and stuff, but I, this one was particularly radical, so I've whacked it up on YouTube. I should probably whack all of them up on YouTube, really, but then I'll probably get in trouble, so. <laughs> Is this what you're asking for? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. See my channel number that they assigned to me, 3306. <laughs> mm -hmm. I didn't ask for that. Don't blame me. Yep. So this is, there is no, there's no audio. No, there's no audio. It's just, uh, can we zoom in on it? Sure. Yeah. Cool. So these are the sort of radar anomalies that I like to point out to people, <laughs> especially when there's some fucking radical weather happening. It's being a, being a son of a bitch here. Yeah. Oh. Whoa. What's going on? God damn. Okay. Yelling. It's. <laughs> So, yeah. see, I wish I can't do my, I can see my cursor, but you can't. Uh, see up in the very, t okay. We can see your cursor. This is my cursor. No, that's. Oh, is that your cursor? Oh. Yeah. Anyway, right. I, I did the zooming in and everything. That's part of the video. So That, I'm just that cloud, that cloud right there. Whoosh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Linear cloud. Yeah. So look at the, look at all the tentacles coming out right now. That's, that's. Quite a mm. radical version of, but you know, it's not unusual to see these things again around times of radical weather. Um, see up in the middle of Australia, at the very top, just to the left of the, there's, yep, right Over there, right here. there. Yep, yep, yep. yep. That That's, line. Um, yeah. oh, what's the name of those islands? I looked them up, uh, something like Peary Point, Peary or something. Anyway, long story short, these are little, little islands which you're not allowed to go to anymore because there's a protected pelican fucking <laughs> mm. flock there. I mean, they always hide behind the animals. So, yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Uh, it's, you're not allowed to go there. There was some military station there at some point, which is apparently not being used anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cough. Sure. Tell me um, a story. <laughs> yeah. I was looking up the harp um, locations recently too, and that's also very difficult to find because there's lots of outdated information, there's lots of false information, and it's like if you... If you put all that information of locations together, they're freaking everywhere. But who knows if they actually are? But I know there's some, I know there's some in Australia which weren't mentioned. So there's that as well. Don't even start on Pine Gap. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. What can we say? This is a the the reason people don't want to believe it is because like. It's so unbelievable, and it's so something beyond your ability to do jack shit about. You know, it's against programming. 
Yeah, it's overwhelming. So massive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's against the programming that they've put so much time and effort into programming people. It's not undone in a day. You know? Exactly. That's what uh, Stella and I were just chatting about that a little bit. But if you, because the skepticism has been beaten out of people, right? And it's like the, the monkey that figured out how to climb the tower to get the banana, but then the other monkeys will pull it down because they traditionally haven't been able to do that. That's what it is. That has what has been done to human thought through indoctrination, 15,000 hours of public schooling in a Prussian environment, through all the other programming, through all the other attacks on us as far as like air, water, food, you know, the whole thing. Fluoride. And yeah, fluoride. That's a big so, one. So, um, and the the uh, vaccination programs, you know, and that's even before the mRNA injections. Even bigger. Yeah. So mm-hmm. all of that has combined to to make people so subservient, so submissive, and all of their questioning of authority, all of their skepticism, it, it's no longer there. So now you're the we're the monkey that's climbing up for our banana and they're pulling you down because they can't handle it. They can't think that you could get the banana. They just cannot imagine it. Like their brain is totally incapable of imagining that the people that have told them what to think their whole life are actually harming them. No matter how small or large or complex the attack is, right? Cause you could, it could simply say that there's poison in vaccines that's documented you know the people who invented even from the very beginning were never um really good guys right like that's a lot of that stuff is pretty simple or you can apply it to a super complicated you know topic like this like the spraying and the graphene oxide and uh, and all this other stuff it, it it doesn't matter they just aren't capable of of getting it because like what Stella was saying the programming based on all of these ABCD building blocks is so strong. It's a brick wall around their brain. Yep. It makes me remember, mm-hmm. me remember Alice Cooper's song, Poison. Do you remember that? Poison running through my yes. veins. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was back when I was doing some editing and stuff. Um, also, I don't know. I haven't really taken the time to sit down, and I should, uh, to check out all the other states. But I do remember back in 2020, I was looking at all the different states' public health Acts and in the Western Australian one, which is the opposite side of the country to me, um, they actually, in 2015, the Health Act actually quotes in the title, uh, it's it's a poison, like it's, it's to allow the distribution of poison. They use the word poison and they are, it's, they're talking about vaccines and medical, um, giving out medical mm. treatments, treatments. Um, I think it may have been changed since then, but I downloaded it all anyway. I got screenshots and shit. So um, yeah, they, it's, it, they do give it away. It is in plain sight um, that in the Public Health Act, it's um, <laughs> they can distribute poison to the population. It's black and white. Black and white. Interesting. Um, yeah, and the other thing too is that I think <laughs> it's weird to say this, and I don't mean it in. Um, I mean. They say it, but as above, so below. So here, so we're dealing with, in my opinion, two worlds. So we have our materialist observable world, or even even with complicated scientific topics and um, 
theories and things like that. But that's our material realm that we can speak about. But then we have a spiritual element to all of this too, right? So I think that everything that they do plays to both of those. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I hate to disappoint our our ongoing, you know, viewers. Still got six folks watching. I don't know, hey, man. We're hardcore, baby. We're we're doing great tonight, y'all. Hell yeah! Yeah, four hours and board, fifteen. This long. <laughs> yeah, four and a quarter hours, man. Um, yeah, I have loved the interaction in the chat. It's been a ton so of fun. Much, yeah, so yeah. much. We couldn't even. I couldn't even keep up. You know, I'm like all of a sudden, literally at one point I look up 30 something comments. I'm like, what in the fuck? Can I uh, just go back a little bit here to gentleman mm -hmm. skeptics? Thank you very much for that gentleman skeptic. AKA Tim. <laughs> uh, Daniel 7, 7. Um, after this, I saw in the night visions and behold a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron and teeth. That's that's the yeah technological beast has been wow, said by Wow, great some. iron and teeth. Yeah. Mm. There you go. About what a machine looks like, you know, that wow. kind of thing. Yeah. And teeth. Well, what I there. what I thought we'd we'd finish on is this this rap dude. Um I'm assuming he's a rapper cuz he's sitting in a sound studio. But I like the way he talks about the word spell. You know, he already told us what he thought about the word test. Again, I'm not saying this guy's an expert, but I kind of like the way he's thinking. So um, I'll play this. It's not it's not terribly long, and then we can call it a night. We can talk about the breakdown of this right now, the, what the symbols actually mean to go even deeper into how this English language is a is a trap once again we got direction we have we have another character here that we could talk about it's basically has a lot to do with sight and vision it's a part of the i know it looks familiar to you you've probably seen it before when it's on the on the um, on the eye of horus um it's anyway the energy and then the two l's the l's represents a portion of the square okay square it off you got two of them that represents that it's squared off. Squaring something off means to trap something inside. That's what that's what it means. When you get two L's next to, to one another, two L's, y'all know math, right? Squared. All right, take these two L's, change the direction of them. All right, that's one L upside down. That's a motherfucking L the right side way. You close them. And that's a goddamn trap. That's a square. Energy cannot travel properly inside of a square. So that's why they put you under spells. They do not want you to be able to travel with the proper vision to not have your energy trapped in a square. Think outside the box, people. I'm fucking telling you, I'm on to some shit. And y'all need to listen up, man. And I'm telling you, I mean, just go do some research on your own about symbolism and the English language. All right. Like I said, I'm not saying he's the honest to God, you know, expert here, but I kind of just like the way you said, think outside the box. 
<laughs> Motherfucking bops. Yeah. I like how he said, I'm on to some shit here because that's I'm what I some feel shit like. Here, bro. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, listen, I'm not an expert. Uh, I mm -hmm. luckily get to interact with a lot of really smart people, but I'm, you know, going about my day thinking of stuff and I'm like, I'm on to some shit here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think everybody is on to some shit. Like it's, yeah, um, yeah. you know, none of this information is particularly new, but people are starting to realize and bring the pieces together. And, and these are the sort of conversations that um, make the way a little bit clearer. And I just, I, mm -hmm. I freaking love this because this is, mm -hmm. this is the unity they don't want, you know, obviously. Mm -hmm. We're going to work stuff out. We're getting there. Bloody hell. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a lot spell. of catching up to we do. Gotta, we got to break the spell, right? Yeah. Yeah. Break the spell. Absolutely. And, and usually you have to chant some, some well, uh, chant, uh, yeah, that's a strong word, but you have to perform some incantations to break a spell. You got to, you got to discuss it you got to break it apart you got to figure it out and you got to you got to change it around you know as okay so, says break free or die trying and i really i like that yeah yeah well i'm glad y'all came along for the ride you know uh as usual i you know i i tried to take us on a bit of a roller coaster here and uh i think it was a success so appreciate y'all being here um i guess i'll send it around the circle by uh, you know, I'll start by saying I'm Mike the Polymath, Easy Peasy Podcast. Uh, don't don't take this as you know. If you have any final thoughts, take all the time you need uh, to my fellow hosts here. But you can find me at easypeasy.ittybitty.tips, and I'll pass it over to Rob. Hey, it's Rob here at the Black Labs Podcast. Uh, you can find me at Spotify B L A Q L A B S. And uh, if you want to get me on Instagram, which I'm starting to hate more and more, um, you can get on there and watch me yell at people. Uh, B-L-A-Q-L-A-B-S podcast three, because I've been through three accounts that have all been canceled over the dumbest shit you've ever seen or heard of. Um, one of them was actually for posting a research paper that didn't have anything to do with CVIT or anything. It was anyway. So those things happen. So, um, with that, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and, uh, flip it over to, uh, I guess Ashley, Ashley is the cool one. Yes. What, what about Stella? She's cool. Well, he'll keep. He'll She's keep. cool too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're both fucking cool, man. Um, yeah. yes, Ashley, thank change repeat. You can find me over at unionoftheunknowns.com that is our link tree page it also has all the myriad ways to get in touch with the unknowns we do have a discord where we hang out and chat from time to time would love to have you there we also have a newsletter and you can find me managing the twitter page at union unknowns and over to stella q yeah pretty much what she said onion of the onions um, also, did you know that Discord was originally going to be called Bonfire, but that was just a little too cozy. So they went with Discord because they liked the chaotic sort of sound about that. <laughs> that sounds about right. But I, I will tell you, Stella, uh, this was recently brought to my attention that Kindle, you know, Amazon's e-reader Kindle 
seems to have a little significance, right? It's burning the uh, library of burning Alexandria. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yes. you know, I hated you know, the name when they came up with that. I was like, oh, give me a break, yeah. really? That's yeah. what for right here. They actually call it a goddamn Kindle. <laughs> they put it right in front of our noses, what? don't they? Don't I, yeah, I remember telling yeah. my I remember telling my dad just a random thought one day I had when I was a teenager. I go, you know, with the way things are going, if if we don't print real books and everything's on these computers, you know, ten thousand years from now, how are they going to know what the fuck happened? Right? Yeah, it's nineteen eighty four. Um, we need it, to uh, print them on something other than paper then. Yeah. Well, and this is one thing that Richard Grove talks about is that the paper is not as good of a quality as it used to be. So it won't keep for as long. Um, we need vellum. More vellum. And one quick thing, we need too. Vellum. <laughs> there's a 1984 version told from Julia's feminist perspective that is uh, <laughs> just come out. <laughs> well. I, you know, there's just never any shortage of material for this forum to cover. I'll say that much. What the fuck's all over the place? Everywhere I there look. There is no ending in what the fuckness. Love your guts, everyone. Thanks for joining. Love your guts. Love your guts. Good, guys. Good to see you. Bye -bye. We'll talk. We'll talk soon. Peace. <laughs>